What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Hello, this is the President of the United States. Is it you again? Look behind you. This is my private line. How did you get through? They're everywhere. All the time. Receiving every day. But you have to look behind you. There is nothing behind me. How did you get this number? Spaceman told me. What spaceman? It doesn't matter. They're telling you about monsters. You must look behind you. Young lady, there are no monsters in the Oval Office. I just kind of leave behind all the ugliness. There's a lot of ugliness going on in the world. I figured the way to get rid of the ugliness is find ourselves projecting into a place where it's not as bad, where perhaps we can focus on a world beyond our own. And that uh, is kind of a good refuge for those who listen to this program. That uh, yeah, we do talk about the important topics when it's needed. And I think some of the topics we talk about that, you know, are kind of the esoteric and beyond. Like I said, the fringe analytics. I think the fringe analytics are just as important, too, because much of what motivates us is those things on the fringe, whether you like it or not. I mean, we do have core beliefs that sometimes are pretty peculiar. The supernatural world we live in, and, of course, from the time we're born until the time we die, we're fully aware that what we have going on 
the moments that we live, the time of birth and death, these are extremes in our timeline. And what is the middle, what is in the middle, actually, is where we begin the learning process. And it can be argued that most people have questions that need answers and experiences, and they have all kinds of events they've experienced that cannot be fully explained. When events transpire that are unexplainable, bizarre, fringe, we are apt to philosophically write it off as God's will or that fate plays a part in our fortune and in our losses. And so while the normalcy of uh, being is accepted and the day-to-day mundane existence is somewhat comfortable, deep in our core beliefs, we can ascertain that the world around us is not as it appears. Now, there's always that fear that behind the scenes, there's something dark and dangerous lurking or something is being planned that will most certainly break you from your helplessness and complacency. The chaos in the universe is a great motivator for action. It can be said that we are in a moment in time where our complacency and comfort is something that will make us vulnerable in the future as time is a harsh mistress and hands us challenges with our acquired age. Getting old sucks. <laughs> it's not for the wussies. It's it's certainly not. And that's the thing is that uh I was told that once. Getting old is not for those who are afraid. It takes a lot of courage. And and believe me, sometimes I say to myself, you know, I, I don't know if, if I, I I think young, but I feel old sometimes. Like today, I've uh, I've been hit by a whole slew of allergies. And uh, I don't know, have you ever been in that, in that position where you feel like you have cement head and you feel like you can just, like, nail a uh, nail something to a wall with your own skull? That's how I feel today. I mean, around the household, everybody's got something. Liam wasn't feeling well yesterday. Janine has a cold or a cough or a virus or something going on. So I guess I'm in line for it. I hope not because I, I, I've been trying to feel really good. It's summer. It's hot. It's crazy. It's chaotic. It's been chaotic Everywhere. The whole world seems to be in chaos, really. I mean, and the universe, obviously, as above, so below. The chaos in the universe is a great motivator for action, in my opinion. And it can be said that we are in a moment in time where, you know, we can watch from a distance. We can experience from a distance. And it's safe to experience from a distance. But that's the complacency I've been talking about. The complacency that leaves us vulnerable. We're complacent and comfortable. Actually, young people are. Playing their video games. You know, just kind of burying themselves in their video games. Burying ourselves in our phones. And burying ourselves in our phones. <laughs> and so many people are oblivious to what's going on around them. You know, because they say that a million things can be happening to you, can, happen, can be happening to you behind your back, but everything that is happening in reality is in front of you. So what the hell does it mean when you're buried in a telephone? What was what that? Everything that, that, all the opportunities that could be in front of you are happening, you're just kind of staring in the phone. Staring. That's why we can't be as complacent and comfortable as we think. We can't be that way because it, there's so much noise right now from, like I said, computer games, videos, mainstream narratives. They all block our ability to see the to see the see the signs everywhere, and and the hands of fate and how they are turning the clocks, and how time is changing and we are changing. Have you ever been awakened 
from a sound sleep, exhausted from a terrifying nightmare that felt so real. You feel as though you may have left your body only to be greeted by entities or something or whatever, and they guide you through the whatever it is you're dreaming. That happened to me last night, actually. I was... Uh, I got up at 7.30 this morning. I don't, I don't usually get to bed till 3. So I crawl into bed at 3, and I had a nightmare, actually, because the night before, I was, I think it was like Sunday night, I was uh, kind of sitting up late, you know, and Liam and Jeanine go to sleep early because they get up early and I go to bed late. I'm up late and I hear this explosion, this huge explosion, and uh, I'm wondering what? What just exploded? What? And then I hear the screeching of tires, and then another boom. And I open my door, and I suddenly see people walking down the street. And I see a bus stop, and I see a bunch of cars all back up, and I'm thinking, this is surreal. And I walk out, and I see this car, and it's completely mangled. I mean, just, it's not even recognizable as a car. It's a nice white sports car mangled beyond recognition and this other car that's hit into a wall and they're extracting this guy out of the car because he's like pinned in there and I, I, he wasn't even conscious and they're extracting him out of the car the ambulance shows up they throw him in the ambulance and then all of a sudden everything goes dark and the thing for me was how surreal it was because I, I, I you know I was in my house I could hear it I could hear the explosions I could hear the smashing and the crashing and the squealing of the tires, and um, so I had another dream about it. I dreamt about it last night. And it's like I witnessed it over and over and over again in my head. It was like a loop. I was in, like, Groundhog Day for accidents. It was, like, over and over and over again. And I kept thinking, why am I having this dream, this nightmare? And I wake up, and I decide I'm going to go back to sleep. And, you know, you know how it is when you wake up, you think, oh, I'm just going to go back to sleep. It's going to be fine. Go back to sleep. Couldn't do it. Couldn't for the life of me get back to sleep, and then I started sneezing and realizing, oh, yeah, okay, I've got allergies, something's going on with me. But see, that's the thing. I was, I didn't witness the accident. I wasn't there to witness the accident. I heard the accident. But in my dreams, I was dreaming that I was there. But somehow I was fully there, aware, my body was there, but I was dreaming because I, I couldn't have seen it. I couldn't have seen the accident. But I did see it in my dream, and I felt like I was there. And so it was exhausting to, to actually watch this accident over and over and over again. It was like a video, and I was in the middle of the video. And so this is something that uh, I hadn't had happen to me. And I know I was still in bed. I know it was a dream. I wasn't out of my body, but it felt like I was. It felt like I was there. It felt like I was witnessing this over and over again. And I was thinking, when is it going to stop? Why am I looping this in my head? Because, you know, usually I don't remember my dreams or... I have a dream, and uh, it's 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 not like this. This was hell. This is how hell is, where you where you're there and you're witnessing. And you can't do anything about it. You're just watching it happen over and over and over again. And and what was weird is I saw it happen. Whatever happened, this guy comes out of a bar. He's angry. He's throwing stuff. He's kicking stuff. And then he gets in the car. He throws the car into reverse, and he doesn't even look, and he hits that car. And then. Whatever happens next, he goes back and he hits a wall and he runs out of the car. He, he, he ran out of the car and he ran away. And what was really funny is that I was talking with, uh, 
I was talking with somebody, a neighbor, who uh, also showed up later to the accident. And while I didn't know the details of the accident, she told me exactly what had happened. And it was it's just like what happened in my dream. I didn't know what happened, but she said, yeah, some guy walked out of the bar that was near your house, and he uh, threw himself in the car. He was wearing uh, a reflective shirt, and uh, he backed out, not even thinking. He rammed into that white car. And, uh, and then he took off. He ran away. And the cops were like looking over, looking around for him and chasing him down. Cause I didn't even know the details of the accident, but I had a dream of the accident. And this is what I saw. I saw a guy leaving a bar, getting in a car, throwing it in reverse, hitting another car, throwing forward, hitting into a wall, getting out of the car and running away from the accident. I kept seeing that over and over again in my head. And the neighbor told me, I didn't even ask. She just told me. She says, "Did you see the accident?" The other night, I says, "Yeah, I was there giving pictures, but uh, I uh, didn't get there till much later. I got them got there right when they were extracting the guy from the car." And she said, "Oh yeah, it was horrible. The guy backed out of the bar." And then I told her, "I said, my God, I was I was dreaming that." And she goes, "What?" And I said, "I was dreaming this over and over again. The same thing. The same story you told." <sighs> so for some reason, I was um, I, I had witnessed the accident in my dream rather than witnessing it. I heard it when I was watching television in my house, but I didn't witness it. I witnessed it in my dream and knew the whole story even before I was told the whole story. So this is what I mean about being somewhere else and knowing something without knowing it. It didn't make any sense. I don't know if anybody's had that experience before, but it was just certainly something that uh, I wanted to relate to you because I know many of us have had weird dreams and strange experiences that... uh, defy all explanations so if you have something you want to share with me that was kind of like that you know kind of i don't know i don't know what you'd call call that that wouldn't be precognitive dream that's not a precognitive dream because it was after the fact so it got me thinking about uh some quantum mechanics stuff that i want to share with you as well that uh believe it or not kind of explains this and uh it's it's an interesting thing I want to share with you, so stay tuned. We'll 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 talk about what happened with my dream, and maybe you have some experiences you want to relate. Triple eight six seven three thirty seven hundred. That's triple eight six seven three thirty seven hundred. I'm Clyde Lewis. You're listening to Ground Zero, and we'll be back. FM News one oh one KXL. This is Ground Zero on FM News one oh one. Zero. The numbers to call tonight, 888 Already we got people who've had these weird experiences, a, a, a repetitive dream that I had that uh, I felt like I was right there. It was an accident that happened Sunday night. I was in my house, heard the accident happen, didn't go out there. Came out later, saw some surreal stuff coming. When when I got the pictures, I ought to post them on my, on my Facebook because it's a pretty scary accident. But uh, I knew no details of the accident because I got there. They were pulling the guy out, and it was kind of creepy to watch. And so I decided to pull back and go back into my house. And then I had this dream uh, last night of it, and uh, I, I dream—I was dreaming this this loop of the accident happening. Some guy coming out of the bar that was near my house, back up the car, hit this car, hit into a wall, get out of the car, and run out. I ran into my neighbor 
who told me the whole story about it, and she said the same thing. She said, yeah, some guy that you know, everything to the T, what I said. But it kept on looping in my head, and so I woke up at 7.30, and so I'm kind of, like, tired. But this uh, this dream keeps, you know, bothering me. And so I, I was looking up some things about this and, and found some very interesting stuff I want to share with you. Let's get to the calls. Jason in Florida, you're on Ground Zero. Hey, how are you? Hi, how are you doing? Good. I just wanted to share a dream I've had. Okay. I'm a, I'm a police officer uh, okay. here in the States, and All right. uh, for years I've had a dream where I'm I'm pursuing a suspect, and at some point in the dream I, I reach a stairwell, and, and we're running down the stairs, and it's almost as if he reaches for a weapon, and I fire on him, and I strike him, but he's unfazed. And he draws his weapon, and, and he sh- I'm shocked. And at that point I wake up. It, it's immediate. Um, but it's happened so many times for years, and it's frightening to me. It's the repetitiveness that's startling. So do you think if you see, do you know the area where, where this guy shoots you? I, it, it's almost point blank. Oh, no, I mean, the area. You say you come to a stairwell, or you come to this area, <laughs> you fire him, he's unfazed, and he fires at you. Do you have any idea where that place is where he fires at you, where you fired him? I don't, but I, you know, I tell you, if I ever saw it, I, I mean, I've been there so many times in my head now. Wow. So yeah, if you ever see the place, you'll know what to do if he if he fires that you get out of the way or you you don't fire fire first, you just duck out of the way and 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 make sure that it doesn't go in that direction. We pray. <laughs> we pray. Well, Jason, thank you for what you do. Thank you for your service to what to our nation and protecting us. I really appreciate you calling. Thank you, sir. Thank you for the conversation. You better take care. Let's go to Yolanda in Alabama. Hi. Yolanda, you're on ground zero. Oh, good evening, Clyde. I have an interesting story to tell you. Okay. When I was about uh, nine years old, there were people who lived across the street, and they had a little fuzzy kitten, and the dog was always trying to, to grab at the kitten, and it bothered me. And so I started, uh, you know, praying, what else do we do in the South, right? Mm-hmm. I started praying that I could have the cat. Sure enough, about a week later, the lady came over and brought me the cat. And I had the cat for about 10 years, and it was very loving, very sweet. So fast forward to when I'm 64 years old. Yes. I'd been in the hospital with pneumonia, and I came home from the hospital. And that night, and I never have dreams that I remember, like you said about your your dream. Mm -hmm. But this night, I had a dream that, my cat, Mickey Mitten, was at the animal shelter, and I'd better get there quick. And it was just so real. And I did not feel well, and I lived alone. And But nevertheless, I got up. I, I wore what I had caught to sleep in. I drove to the animal clinic, and I said, well, do you have any sales um, for seniors? Because I only had $25 to my name. Mm-hmm. So they said no, but I said, well, I want to look at the cat. So I walked back, I looked around at the kitten to make sure he's not there first. And then the girl said, I have one more room you might want to check. We have two or three cats who are due to go today. I said, oh, that's so sad. I don't want to hear about that. Went in there, and lo and behold, the spitting image of Mickey Mitten (laughs) is right there. I couldn't believe it. I said, that one, give me that one. 
you know, knowing I had no way to buy it, but still, I, I had to have Yolanda, the Yolanda, same Yolanda, yeah. I want to tell you something. Okay, we're out of time. I want to tell you something. Oh, okay. I'm going to tell my producers, okay, that they record yeah. your call, and I want to have a bottle for posterity, so whenever I do a scary show, okay, and I, <laughs> I'm scared out of my mind, I'm going to play your call so everybody feels all warm right. and fuzzy afterwards so we don't get all scared. Let's listen to Yolanda tell her cat story. Okay. All right. That was so sweet. Fine. Yolanda, love thank you. you. I love you. I love you. Thank you for calling. It's amazing. Thank you. Yeah, guys, please, Yolanda's call, record it, bottle it, and then when we do one of those scary shows, like when we hear the ghosts or the vampires or whatever on, and I get scared out of my mind, we will play Yolanda's call just so I can feel better about myself. It's kind of like the Disney. It's such a, such a cute story. We'll be back with more Ground Zero. Don't go away. I would like to ask a question. You want to see? The library. Question. All the time she creeps the streets, nobody knows why. The library. 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 Six seven three thirty seven hundred. That's triple eight six seven three thirty seven hundred. 
So sometimes you get a dream that uh, gives you a glimpse of the future. Sometimes it's almost like a something that you need to know or something you see. And uh, it's like this dream that I had last night. Got up at 7.30 in the morning. Woke me up. Accident near my house on Sunday night. Uh, heard the crash, heard the explosions, didn't know the details, didn't see the accident happen, just heard it from my, my house. Ran outside, saw the mangled cars, and, uh, just, I didn't want to hang out because the cops were everywhere and they were telling us to back off. We didn't get any information. So I had this recurring dream of what I saw, this accident, over and over again. It was like I was really there. And I saw a guy get out of the car, run away, saw another guy being pulled out of the car, Saw the guy back into the car, uh, kind of mangled it up. And my neighbor tells me exactly, you know, I see my neighbor. My neighbor says, hey, did you hear about what happened? Yeah, I heard, I saw. He says, no, did you hear the details? The guy hit the car, ran away, and I'm going, my God, that's what I dreamed. I, I didn't know the details until you told me, but I dreamt it over and over again the other night or last night. And, uh, you know, a lot of people, they, they dream of natural disasters such as an earthquake, tsunami, tornado, or hurricane. And... People say, well, that's precognition. You know, well, I, I, I dreamt the tornado and the tornado showed up. I dreamt the earthquake. The earthquake showed up. It's precognition, but I don't know what I had happen. So I had to really think and I had to go and study and work and, and figure it out because I'm thinking this isn't having a dream of details of something that happened in the past that you didn't see and you're having a dream about it. And yet you're finding out that you had a real detailed dream of what happened. You were there and I didn't understand it. So I started digging. Started reading. And I realized that the dominionist view of the future has influenced a lot of our dreams, meaning that three of the Abrahamic religions have been generating a bit of retro causality and painting a picture of a future that faded all the strange and crazy stuff. And they call it oraculum. They call it the oracle, the revelation, the prophecies. They're all oraculum. Okay. So I was pondering this just after. You know, the dream, and then I thought about the lunar eclipse and how I was witnessing all this apocalyptic stuff and disasters happening simultaneously all over the world, the fires, the eclipses, the planet alignments, and the disasters, all triggering us the idea that we have dreamt. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18-plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. What we read about in Prophecy and that it may be occurring now outside of dream time. So we've had this going over in our heads, generating over and over again. Now we see it in reality on the nighttime news. We hear about it everywhere. So the scenes of an apocalyptic disaster have left the dreamscape, and, and, and now they're here in real time, and we're manifesting in real time. So from the Bible, we read that the apocalypse, uh, we read about two apocalypses. One is from the book of Daniel. It's the Old Testament apocalypse. And many people try to apply it to our world today. 
We have the book of Revelation. It's nothing more than a New Testament fulfillment of the interpretation of, an, uh, of the apocalypse there in the Old Testament. It repeats itself through generation after generation. And this would mean that there is this loop, okay? The story that John left us is an oracle that multiplies through generations and can actually be an account of prophecy after the fact. Kind of like what I had with my dream. It was after the fact. I had a prophecy. So it's kind of a reverse kind of situation. I felt like I was there, but I wasn't there. So how was it I was in two places at one time, mentally and in dream time? So looking back at Daniel, looking back at John, we see that the oracle is multiplied. The people continue to look at prophecies and apply them to their lives, okay? And... So you got prophecy after the fact because by putting it in the mouth of a person who ostensibly lived a long time ago and then letting that person tell the story again and again and again, this adds to the quality of what our fate might be. And that is because the end of the world, I can tell you now, has happened before. And some of us are remembering it in dreams and out-of-body experiences, and this is why it's kind of like, Prophecy after the fact. We've seen it before. Our ancestors have seen it before. And now we're talking about it again. See? Daniel first talked about it. He talked about an apocalypse in, in the book of Daniel. And that may have already happened, or if you wish to speculate, it, it all happened simultaneously. John told us about our own future in a way that is loaded with symbolism. The symbolism was left for interpretation, and some take it literally. However, the truth is that the revelation could have been a simultaneously shared experience through time. I know this sounds crazy, but just let me work this out in my head. I know it's unconventional thinking, but that's okay, because it's possible that this is the case, because throughout all religions, a supernatural element is never explained, ever explained, with quantum entanglements and quantum mechanics. And I've been tempted to do that with the quantum idea, the quantum immortality thing that we did a while ago. So a quantum phenomenon called superposition is actually a way to explain how it is possible that we can actually be in two places at the same time, witnessing past, present, and future simultaneously. Seriously, I'm not making this up. Superposition allows an atom to be simultaneously here and there. Electrons behave like tiny magnets which can point both north and south at the same time. And the principle of quantum super, uh, superposition states that a physical system may be in one of many configurations, which means it's not like that you can be in two places at once. You can be in many places at the same time. So this can explain the paranormal phenomena known as out-of-body experiences or experiences where individuals feel they are being led by unknown nebulous entities that give them a vision of the future. However, again, the future that is shown is after the fact from another dimension. That may happen again because everything is repetitive. So we see a duplicity not only in dimensional events, we see the duplicity and the multiplicity in you being in all those events to witness them. Now, if you remember, in the Bible, the Apostle Paul once spoke of a man who saw the third heaven, okay? It's in Corinthians. You just look it up. In the Bible, Paul wrote this. He says, I know a man in Christ who 14 years ago was caught up to the third heaven. Whether it was in the body or out of the body, I do not know, but God knows. Why would Paul say 
that there's a guy he knew that was in that has gone to the third heaven in the body or out of the body. The third heaven is another dimension, obviously. And he was either in or out of the body. They didn't know because this is the idea of superposition. He was in two places at once. He was here in this earthly realm, but he moved himself on to another realm. And that realm was the third heaven, according to Paul. So here we go again. We have a passage of prophetic writing that speaks of another dimension where travel is either in or out of the body, demonstrating the idea that superposition was a concept and that the terminology has been applied after the fact. So it's prophecy after the fact. You can have a reverse prophecy. Really, all apocalyptic literature is much more of a response to a set of circumstances that seem to repeat in various times. Timelines, dimensions, all of it repeating. Every ancient civilization has celebrated in an age dedicated to worshiping gods and having intercessors or agents come from many mansions or dimensions. In my father's house are many mansions. They come from many mansions or dimensions to teach and warn of some earth-threatening disaster. And many of those who were considered initiates were taught about the relationship between these intercessors. And they brought with them the knowledge and the oraculum given by these entities. They were known as prophets. They were known as shaman. They were part of the initiation process, the secret schools. All of this is what has been handed down from generation to generation to generation. So most of the time when we have prophecy, it's prophecy after the fact because it's been going on forever and ever and ever and ever. And ever. It's hard to believe, though, right, that everything has been going on forever. Nothing new under the sun, right? Okay, figure that out. So, many of those who were considered initiates were taught about the relationship between the intercessors and mankind. Now, whatever your intercessor might be, demon, angel, alien, I don't know. God, who cares? I don't know. It's one of those things. It's depending on who you or what you decide to label it. So they brought with them the knowledge and the oraculum, and all of that was delivered to the people given to them by those entities. And it's been from the very beginning. Adam told Eve, eat the fruit. Or the Adam, Eve told Adam, eat the fruit, because the snake told him to do it. Uh, the fallen angels in the time of Noah. Uh, God talks to Moses. Uh, all these things have been happening over and over and over again. And what happens over and over again? The same message is being told over and over and over again. So... I would suspect that people like Moses, people like Elijah, people like Noah, um, of course Enoch, Methuselah, they were all able to move through time and space and were known to have the power to be in many dimensions at once. Okay? It's not beyond comprehension. So, although the traditional two places at once view of, of superposition might seem odd to you, it's possible that superposition is a collection of states and a multiplicity of occupation in various timelines and dimensions. Quantum entanglement is known to be the exchange of quantum information between two particles at a distance. While quantum, well, we're looking at quantum uh, superposition, it's known to be the uncertainty of particles or particle or whatever being in several states at once, which could also involve the exchange of quantum information for a particle that is known to be in several locations simultaneously. So just to make it easy for everybody, I'm going to say this. You go into the other dimensions, you bring with you other stuff. You bring stuff with you. You exchange information for those uh, those different dimensions. You exchange information with the entities you meet on those uh, dimensions. It's kind of weird how that happens. I mean, if you go back to the book of Daniel... 
You can go back to the story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Remember those those three guys that were sent in the fiery furnace? And King Nebuchadnezzar was there. And if you read the Bible, it says the men entered into the furnace, but while inside they were not consumed. And later a fourth man walks out with them, and the king is astonished. Oh, my gosh, what is this? Well, the biblical account says that it had to be an angel, of course. But however, does it have to be an angel in a quantum world? I mean... Men entered the furnace and disappeared only to appear again with another man. Where did they go? And who was the other man that was with them? Could they have been sent through a stargate? Or were they returned with someone from another time? Now, before you laugh at me and think I'm crazy, keep in mind that uh, oh, uh, Saddam Hussein, remember him? You know what he said? He said that he was three... He said that he was King Nebuchadnezzar, believe it or not. He claimed that he was the resurrected and reincarnated King Nebuchadnezzar. Interesting, isn't it? Could it be that he went into the future somehow and kind of two places at once, right? I know, sounds crazy, but quantum mechanics says it can happen, that it can be there. That two people or two things can be in a place at once or in multiple places. Triple eight six seven three thirty seven hundred. That's triple eight six seven three thirty seven hundred. Back with more ground zero. Don't go away. Hey guys, it's Clyde on the phone with me right now is Ronnie McMullen of Life Change Tea. Ronnie, I gotta tell you, I tried the tea. It's not only the tea that makes you go, but it's the tea that makes you lighten up. Why does it work so well? Well, we have intruders in our air, in our water, and what the foods we eat because GMO foods were attacked. They don't even mark what foods are labeled and, and full of GMOs, which by the way, GMO is genetically modified organism, which means you have another organism from something else in your body changing your DNA, and that's the whole purpose. So this kind of goes and tries to get rid of all the intruders and slides them right out, and that's why it's kind of the nickname, the tea that makes you go. You know, it's always been said that a lot of problems start in the digestive tract. If you have a bad gut feeling, you'll have a bad feeling overall. How does this eliminate that bad gut feeling? Well, it goes right in and takes care of the intestines, cleans them all out, so you get rid of all the garbage. And here's the cool thing. Herbs know their friends, and so herbs and good friends and other herbs, that's all good. But let's say you're eating, like, something that is, you shouldn't be eating. It will actually take that out. Like, And people have to know that when they take this tea, you need to take it two hours before or two hours after you take a pharmaceutical drug because it will see that drug as an intruder and take it out of your body. Uh, what exactly is in the tea? All kinds of things, like uh, persimmon leaves, uh, marshmallow root, mava leaves. I mean, it goes on. It's, it's uh, aloes in there. I've got moringa in there. It's like eight, ten items in this tea. So this is a real cleanse for the body, a daily cleanse for the body. Daily cleanse for the body every single day. People say, oh, yeah, I, I took it for a month, and it was great, and I don't need to take it anymore. And I just say to them, that's like still washing your car once and then saying, oh, you know, I don't need to wash my car ever again. Wrong. Thank you so much, Ronnie McMullen. It's Life Change Tea, a unique blend of all natural ingredients. It's not only the tea that makes you go, it's the tea that lightens you up. Just go to GetTheTea.com. That's GetTheTea.com. More with Clyde Lewis and Ground Zero on FM News 101. Mm-hmm. 
deal with prophecy after the fact. We always deal with prophecy after the fact. That's why we look at Nostradamus and we come up with ideas of what Nostradamus is saying. We look and try and fit prophecy with what we've read before in the blueprints. And, and the Bible, of course, is a blueprint and uh, several other prophecy areas where you go and dig or, or blueprints. You have reoccurring dreams. You have suppositions. You think to yourself, but there's superposition that says you can be in two places at once. You can experience another dimension without even knowing it. So uh, we're going to go to the calls. Let's go to Christine in Texas. Hi, Christine. You're on Ground Zero. Uh, hi there. Hi. Uh, I had, uh, on the night of 9-11, I had three recurring dreams, and they had to do with people running somewhere, and there was all silver, like we were in a silver tube, and people were running to get away from something. And I'd wake up in a sweat and be totally out of breath, and I'd calm myself down and then went to sleep and had that dream again. And the third time, the dream was a little different. I was on street level with people running, and the windows, like in a downtown area, in a business area, Uh where there's like mannequins in windows, well, instead of mannequins, it was like a mirror or a silver finish on the on the windows and you could see the reflection of the people running down the street and I went to sleep and I got woken up by my sister telling asking me if I had known what was going on that day so it felt that real to you and and then of course 9-11 happened and it just yeah yeah it was it was I I can see the dream Still today, of the people running and well, you, being it, it, it left your dream time into real time, and that's probably why you still feel it and see it, and you can't get it out of your head because you experienced it. It felt so real. It felt so real, and uh, I like the way Deep Space Nine dealt with the uh, with the people that lived in the wormhole, the beings that lived in the wormhole. Everything was always now to them. Right. And that's the way it would be no matter what, uh, no matter what dimension it always seemed like now. It'd be slightly different, slightly different, not quite as different as you'd imagine. Dan in Virginia, you're on ground zero. Hello, Clyde. It's so good to hear your voice again. In regards to superpositioning, I have a couple of pleasant surprises for you. First of all, your essence came to me and coaxed me to begin rebuilding a sacred geometry invention where the first one in 2000 due to tragedy was destroyed and it cost me $40,000 worth of raw materials. Wow, so you rebuilt that. Yes, I'm rebuilding it. It's a few feet from me. Now, in regards to uh, tying into what happened yesterday, these wonderful artists with science background that I occasionally visit while they work, these young folks, they were able to come to me, and I was able to cook them food and music, and I took them down here to see the device, and they understood it, and I told them all about you and your show and, and uh, you know, things like that. So I, I did want you to know that uh, it's like you're often with me, and and you're bringing me out of my shell, and you're you're getting me back into my really good work. And and Dan, the idea that you're building this and you're blind yes. is also amazing. You're seeing the vision in your well, own mind. Uh, let's let's put it to you this way. 
spinning complacently in the darkness, covered and blinded by a blanket of little lives. False security has lulled the madness of this world into a slumber. Wake up, an eye is upon you, staring straight down and keenly through, seeing all that you are and everything that you can never be. Yes, an eye is upon you, an eye ready to blink. So face forward, with arms wide open and mind reeling, your future has arrived. Are you ready to go? The loudspeaker spoke up and said, The loudspeaker spoke up and said, The loudspeaker spoke up and said, Triple eight six seven three thirty seven hundred. That's triple eight six seven three thirty seven hundred. So in the first hour, I was uh, explaining my dilemma to everybody, and it's kind of a weird thing. I mean, this has never happened to me before, but I think it's uh, worth discussing. So Sunday night, I was watching television. Uh, we, you know, Janine goes to bed early, Liam goes to bed early because they used they're used to going to bed early, and I have to stay up late so I can keep my clock and my time because I. I go to bed late because I do my show and wait until the wee hours of the morning. So I stay up until about two or three in the morning. So I think it was like, I don't know, it was like one thirty or two o'clock in the morning. I hear this explosion. I hear this crash and I hear these screeching tires. And I'm thinking, what the hell? Cause we live on a main road. We live on a road called Powell and a lot of people travel Powell and usually at night nobody travels Powell. It's kind of like, you know, nobody goes. Through Powell, we live. We're situated in what I call the place that God hates. It's a, it's a, a nice apartment complex, condo complex. We're there. We've got a, a small market to the side of us. We've got uh, a small corner bar. We got another small market. We got another small market. Like all these competing like Korean markets, except one of the guys that owns the market is Jordanian. So we have the Jordanians, the Koreans. And we have a, a a group of Koreans on a bar, and then we have a strip club. <laughs> and uh, it's right near the house, and uh, it's like okay, it's it's kind of like there goes the you know there goes the uh, the worth of all the houses and everything down in that area. But anyway, so we're there. But I'm 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 in I'm I'm in, on the couch watching a TV show, and I hear this explosion and this crash. I walk outside, and I'm seeing people like. It seems surreal. I saw people like walking. It's two in the morning, seeing people walking towards the bar. And I'm thinking to myself that, you know, why would people be walking? And then their cars backing up and a bus, you know, and everything 
kind of a bus getting back to the garage late at night and all this, and they're all like kind of slowing down and stopping. Well, I look and there's this car that's in a in a wall. It's all smashed up, and then this other car just mangled. It's a white sports car, really cool looking car, mangled to hell, just you know destroyed. And they're pulling a body out of the car. All right. And I'm thinking, I don't know. And then the cops say, all right, get away, get away. You don't want to be seeing anything. So I go back into the house. I took a few pictures, though. I uh, took a few pictures, went back in the house, sat there and thought to myself, okay, we're going to be sitting here watching TV and watching the blue and red flashing lights in my house all night long as they're trying to get this taken care of. So today I woke up at 730 in the morning after going to bed at 3. And I hate it when I have disturbed sleep because it's just the whole day just, ugh. I've got allergies anyway. My head feels like I got cement head and I feel like I can pound nails with my head. And what happened was I had this nightmare. I don't remember the nightmare. It was kind of a dream, a weird dream. Uh, what it was, was I, I dreamt about this accident. All right. And I dream, I was dreaming about what I, I was seeing the accident happen over and over again. And what I saw, was this guy, angry guy, leaving the bar. He gets in his car. He backs up really quick, doesn't even look behind himself, and he hits the car. And then he takes off, and he hits a wall. He jumps out of the car and runs away. And this guy is, like, laying there in, in his car, all beat up and mangled up. And uh, I kept seeing that over and over in my head. And so I was getting ready to go today, and my neighbor stopped me and was talking to me. He says, so did you see that accident that happened on Sunday night? And I said, yeah, Sunday night, Monday morning. She says, yeah. And I said, yeah. I said, it was, uh, it was pretty bad. They told us to get away and I don't know what happened with the salesman. says, oh, well, what happened was some guy came out of the bar and he was like angry. I don't know what was going on, but he was like totally drunk. He got in the car. He backed out, wasn't looking where he was going, hit the car, mangled it and then took off and ran away. So they couldn't find it. And I'm going, you should, you, you're kidding me, right? And she goes, no. And I said, cause I dreamt that last night. I was dreaming that that's what happened at the accident. Because I saw the accident. I didn't see it happen, but I saw the aftermath. And I dreamt that that's what happened. That some guy left the bar angry, backed into the car, smashed it up pretty bad, then hit a wall, and then took off running, and the police were chasing him. He says, well, that's weird. I go, yeah. So I didn't know what that was, because it was very real to me. It was kind of like Groundhog Day. I was seeing this over and over in my head and waking up, and I'm feeling kind of, it makes me feel uncomfortable just to talk about it. Uh, you know, so I was trying to figure out how is it that I felt like I was in, this place, and I wasn't in this place. It was like I was in bed and, and dreaming and, and there, and it was real. And it was like I was in some dimensional, you know, Groundhog Day uh, loop. You know, it's like, uh, you know, it's just a, a strange, a strange loop that I was in. And I thought, I want to do some investigating as to how that can happen. And so I, 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 I was going through notes. I was going through all these things, and there was this, there was this article about superposition that I was reading. And superposition is a quantum thing. It's basically the idea that you can be in two places at once, and they're proving that that can happen. And I got to thinking, wow, could that be that I was in the two places at once and that maybe that's why I had that happen over and over again? And I thought, but wait a minute. Most of the time when you see things like this, this is precognitive. You see it before it happens. But I was seeing something after the fact. And so I started thinking about, uh, dreams and visions and interpretation of dreams and visions. And it led me to the idea of the book of Daniel, because of course, Daniel was interpreting the dreams of Nebuchadnezzar and all this stuff. And so I got to thinking about it and you're looking at the book of Daniel. It's an old Testament apocalypse. that we try to apply to the world today, just like the book of revelation, something more than a new Testament fulfillment of that interpretation 
of that apocalypse from the book of Daniel. And so it repeats itself over and over and over again like a loop. And we have to figure out just what is happening. And so this would mean that the story that John left us in the Bible is an oracle that multiplies itself through generations and can actually be an account of prophecy after the fact because Daniel already made prophecies and so John made them too and so we're seeing them over and over again. They, it's almost like we're in dimensions seeing the same things play out over and over again. Now... Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over a hundred casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This would mean, then, that if there's prophecy after the fact, the reason why it's prophecy after the fact is because by putting it in the mouth of a person who ostensibly lived a long time ago and letting that person tell the story... It has this quality of predicting fate. And that's because I guess you could say the world is, ha- uh, the world has ended before or it's ending simultaneously along with being born. So some of us are remembering it. Some of us are dreaming it and we're going in this loop again, kind of like a retro causal dream. So Daniel first spoke of an apocalypse and that may have already happened or if you wish to speculate, it all happens simultaneously. So John told us about our own future in a way It was loaded with symbolism, and the symbolism was left for interpretation, and some take it literally. However, the truth is that the revelation could have been a simultaneously shared experience through time. Now, I know this is weird to to talk about this and think about this, but it's the only way I can get through what I'm thinking, because, you know, the question is, is it possible that throughout all religions, a supernatural element is never explained through the possibilities of quantum entanglement? And if we talk about quantum entanglement and quantum physics... There's a quantum phenomenon called superposition, and it's actually a way to explain how it is possible that we can actually be in two places at the same time, witnessing uh, past, present, and future simultaneously. Superposition allows an atom to be simultaneously here and there. Electrons behave like tiny magnets, which can point both north and south, and that can happen at the same time. So the principle of quantum superposition basically is that a physical system may be in one of many configurations, not just two places or one place and two persons in one place at a time. It means many configurations in many dimensions. So this could explain the paranormal phenomenon known as out-of-body experiences or experiences where individuals fear that they feel that they are actually being led by unknown nebulous entities or whatever. These things happen. In fact, if you want to, you know, once again use the Bible to prove a point, just go to Corinthians, okay? Go to go to where Paul, he was talking about a guy that he knew. He says, I, I, I knew a man, and this is what it says in the Bible, literally. It says, I know a man in Christ who 14 years ago was caught up into the third heaven, meaning another dimension, another heaven, another dimension. And whether it was in the body or out of the body, I do not know, but God knows. So here we are with a passage of prophetic writing that speaks of another dimension, 
where travel is either in or out of the body, demonstrating that this idea of superposition is a concept or was a concept of terminology that has been applied after the fact. So all apocalyptic literature is much more a response to a set of circumstances that's been repeat, 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 repeat various times, timelines and dimensions overlapping with one another. Every ancient civilization has had this golden age of celebrating the gods, worshiping gods, having intercessors or agents come and tell them, this is what you're seeing. This is what you're experiencing. And what we have is we have then earth-threatening disasters that are predicted, all things, uh, you know, and this is what the shaman would learn, and this is what the initiates would learn, and the secret schools would learn. And they were able to move through time and space. They were known to have power to be in many dimensions at once. So although the traditional two places at once view of superposition might seem odd, and it is kind of odd to think about, it's possible that superposition is a collection of states and it's a multiplicity of occupation in various timelines and dimensions. So quantum entanglement rears its head again. The exchange of quantum information is real. You go into these dimensions, two particles at a distance, or perhaps uh, using quantum superposition, you know that the particles are being in several states at once, which could also involve the exchange of quantum information, meaning that if you were that particle, you could go into another dimension Go into another time. You can do it in your mind when you're sleeping. You do it anytime. That's what I felt like I did. I went back in time and witnessed this over and over again. It was prophecy after the fact. Now, the question is whether or not you've had that experience. And coming up, I'm going to be talking to somebody who has had those experiences. And he has a book called Forbidden Knowledge that I've been reading. It's amazing what he's been through. His name is Jason Quitt. I met him at Contact in the Desert, and he's going to talk about, well, he's going to talk about his experiences, but think of superposition when he talks about them, because this makes it even more real to me what he says in his book. Amazing stuff. Stay tuned. 888-673-3700. That's 888-673-3700. I'm Clyde Lewis. You're listening to Ground Zero, and we'll be back. Back to Ground Zero with Clyde Lewis on FM News 101. So there's a book called Forbidden Knowledge, and uh, reading through it, uh, I noticed uh, some of the experiences of my guest tonight are the same as what I've been talking about with superposition. And it's uh, the guest tonight on the program is Jason Quick. And he uh, is a graduate of the Institute of Energy Wellness, a student of Algonquin shamanism. Uh, he's been training and working with many teachers, shamans, and traditional healers from around the world. But one of the things about Jason that is so fascinating is his book talks about some of these experiences that I've been relating to you throughout his life. And and Jason, welcome to Ground Zero. First of all, he's in studio. I, I thank you for coming all the way to Portland to be in the show. Thank you for inviting me here. Uh, so I want to ask you a question. You heard about my dream. And it's it's a lot like what, I mean, well, not exactly like what you've experienced in your life and, and the travels you've seen and, once again, being in two places at the same time. 
What do you think has been going on? What, what do you think that was about? I mean, it's not precognition. It's a prophecy after the fact, or it's a it's an observation of something that happened that I didn't, even, I wasn't even at. So tell me about it. Well, uh, from my point of view, and this is just from me experiencing similar things and hearing many stories similar to this. What they say is that when the land has a trauma in it, so there was an accident that occurred. This trauma is recorded in the Earth's magnetic field just like how a VHS uh, tape is recorded. It's aligning up this electromagnetic energy, which creates this storyline or memory in this place. Mm -hmm. And when we start to go into an altered state of consciousness, like you are going to sleep and you had a disrupted sleep, and usually people have these dreams when they have a disrupted sleep. So their consciousness is a little more free to explore these other dimensions. And one of those dimensions is what we call the Book of Life, which is in the Earth grid, and it records these traumatic events or memories that are there. So you can actually go back and view, uh, just like a memory, just like a ghost, and watch that event taking place over and over again. Which brings up the possibility that anything like this, a whole apocalyptic dreams that people have, it's echoes of what happened before. It has to be that, because what we're seeing, like I said, when you're looking like, I was pointing out the book of Daniel, and I was pointing out the book of Revelation. They're both books that are used to try and prove prophecy in the Bible. But one is the interpretation of the other, of the interpretation of the other, and the loop, and the loop, and the loop. And you hear what Paul said. There was a guy that he knew that had his foot in the third heaven, and then he was either out of the body or in the body. He does not know. Which means that I would say that there is also an echo or a reversed echo in some way that maybe we had the experience, our ancestors had the experience, and so now we're awaiting another experience similar to that in the apocalypse. What I was shown in these outer body experiences that we've actually been through about three, no, sorry, not three, six apocalypses, where the earth almost ended completely six times. Mm -hmm. And so if something is coming down the line, we would actually be going into the seventh. So there's always, there's always a, an event where we are shaken to the core and then we send that story, I guess, uh, genetically through our DNA and it's affecting us and it repeats and repeats and repeats. Yeah. And I really think as a society, um, around the world, um, we have this kind of precognition where we can actually feel or sense that something might be coming down the line could be 10 to 50 years from now, but we sense and feel it within us. Because it's that echo. We've walked this path before and we have these stories like the revelations that describe these events and it's starting to resonate with us that we are kind of going down those similar roads again. I've had a lot of people in my, um, in, in my career who've told me about their dreams. There's a reoccurring dream that I always hear from people saying that like a woman says, I'm with my husband. We are in a bunker or we're in some sort of place and my husband and I have to defend these people. We're defending them from a disease or we're defending them from some monster or some alien or some, some horde or whatever. And I've heard that many times where people have seen a future where they have to fight. It's all about fighting and surviving. And even in your dream, you had that dream of uh, seeing somebody in a bunker dying uh, in your book. So I, I guess this is a reoccurring theme in, in, in a lot of people's uh, either subconscious or or I mean, what what do you think it was? Well, when I originally wrote the book, I didn't really share these stories with anybody. In fact, I was quite afraid to go public and talk about this. 
And when I put the book out and started to do radio programs, the number of people that would reach out to me to actually express, Jason, I've had that exact same dream, exact same vision that you've had word for word. Mm-hmm. So I get those emails all the time. So it's not just me. We're collectively receiving some type of message. This is true. I, I mean, it just seems to have this collective vibe. Because when I was reading your book, I, I remembered uh, reading it and saying, well, I've heard people have the same things that he's had or something. I mean, there are a lot of unique things you've had I've never heard people tell me about. But some of the things you were talking about are some of the same things I've heard from other people about, you know, being in places where people are being lined up for execution and, and all this. And these are things that I wonder where they come from, where they come from generations or they come from ancient times or whatever. And they're just these things in our subconscious core beliefs that are constantly being beamed into our heads because it's from another time. We'll be back with Jason Quit right here on Ground Zero. Triple eight six seven three thirty seven hundred. Don't go away. With Clyde Lewis and Ground Zero on FM News about the synchronization of dreams, like the idea that we're having this shared supernatural experience 
Nobody knows anybody from Adam, but we're all having the same dream. We're all having the same dreams. We're all having the same experiences. You illustrate them in your book. You've been through a lot. One of the things that really got me about the superposition idea was the dream you had or the, the, the revelation you got. Somebody, some entity was taking you to a place where you're watching people, two men ripping themselves in shreds. And you realized that one of the men was you. Yes. What were you thinking when you were watching this? I was just actually in a complete horror, and a lot of uh, these experiences are very traumatic to witness. So it's almost like you're in a room and you're watching uh, two people literally rip themselves to pieces, mm-hmm. um, which is not like the movies. It looks completely different, and it's very horrifying, and just the sounds of it is not friendly. No. So, And I was actually a child when I got to witness this, and as I'm witnessing this event, um, it just hit me that I was actually watching myself, be it a parallel life or a past life. I can't tell you that. All I know is that one of those people being ripped apart was me in some other time. What about, there's so many things I can ask you. That are in, the, 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 the experience you had. It was real. You didn't know whether it was, you know, future, past, present, whatever. But the parents handing you off to, I take it they were handing you off to aliens or entities or something. Tell me about that story. This was uh, also as a child. And um, it was a very um, scary, reoccurring dream. And it was always the same. It was always that uh, my parents didn't want me. And they somehow gave me to some being um, that was going to take me somewhere else. Mm -hmm. And I was basically screaming and crying and trying to get away and go back to the family. But the family is saying, no, you're going with them. And what this being looked like, it was almost a mix between um, a humanoid looking bird with reptilian features. So it looked very uh, scary, actually, and it really reminded me of, uh, if you've seen the movie The Dark Crystal. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Um, I'm trying to remember the name, the the Skets... Skat? Yeah, Skatskis or something. Okay. But similar to those type of humanoid bird-like beings. And this dream kept reoccurring, reoccurring, when it just occurred to me that, you know, maybe there is this trauma, this memory built in within me that somewhere in some timeline, it could even be off planet, I don't know. It just This event was so uh, traumatizing to me that it's still giving me nightmares till this day. It was also pretty, um, I, I guess this sounded very, um, I don't know how to put it, science fiction-y in, in, in a lot of respects. The, the idea of your pre-existing human form where you're in this room and all these women are there they look like stewardesses and you're crawling down the hall and they're kind of like, you know, rounding the kids up like they're herding them down the hall and they take you and they show you to your parents. They say, these are the parents that you're going to or you choose them. OK, you choose the parents. And then uh tell me more about this. Is this this sounded like something that, that should be in a movie if it's not in a movie. But this was a very interesting experience you had about your pre-existence before you were born to your parents. 
Yeah, and, you know, I've always thought, you know, was that a memory of what a little child would uh, consider to be real? So, so for me, the women looked like stewardesses, and there was all these children there. Uh, all different races were all walking down the same path. It looked like a 1980s airport, because obviously I was born in the 80s, so I have mm. that kind of... All uh, airports, connection. all airports have 80s carpeting. Yeah. <laughs> it looks like a bad casino. <laughs> and these these women were directing the children down these different hallways. Right. And they said, okay, um, you're going to go down this hallway and it's time for you to choose your parents. And there was all these tiny little doors, like they had to be like a foot tall, the mm-hmm. pace of the thing. And they showed me to one of these doorways. They opened it up and I crawled through this doorway and it was almost like going into a movie theater. It was this big uh, open space that was completely dark. Mm-hmm. And then this portal just opened up, this this portal of light right. opened up in front of me. Right. And through the portal of light, I was able to view and watch my parents in different times of their life. And all I could think of was I was sitting there was I'm so happy. I'm so excited I can't wait to be born again into this world with these as my parents. I was so happy in that moment. Another thing, <laughs> I'm just going over all the things in the book that I remember that, that were fascinating to me. Okay, so are you familiar with the song Down in the Park by Gary Newman? You'll have to remind me. Oh, I got to play it for you. It's going to make you get chills because you keep talking about in your book about when you go on these experiences, you wind up in a park behind your house. And uh, the the song Down in the Park by Gary Newman is about that experience, same experience. Gary Newman says we go down in the park where the mock men meet. They play kill by numbers. It's about an alien, uh, android alien that meets these boys in the park and actually takes some and leaves some behind. And I don't know, maybe you and Gary Newman have something in common, but the song is, is, is creepy because every time you brought back the park, it reminded me of that song and it also reminded me of, uh, what Joseph Campbell said about the grove in the park. That when you go to the park or you go to the grove, you, re- you receive wisdom there. So that's symbolic of whatever happened when you were doing your transformations going from one extreme, one dimension to another. The park always was there as a symbol. And Campbell says it's a symbol of wisdom. That if you you go to the grove or you go to the park and you come back a little bit more wiser. What do you say to that? Well, uh, first you're giving me some serious chills. Because I I never really discussed the park in that way. Okay. And cuz it, it the park always shouldn't cuz I know what Campbell said about it. And every time you brought up the park I go, I don't think he even knows what that park means when he keeps showing up at the park. But I have to add something. Okay. That was not in the book. Okay, tell me. Okay, so. All right. Um I would talk about as a child going to the park. Yeah. And I was talking to uh one of my friends who was also uh, the same age as me and uh, also gifted in that way. And they looked at me and they said you went to the park too. Oh my God. And they described the park to me and I'm like, yes. So we had this other shared experience where I've met someone who was also going to this park. And I, I, I've heard from someone else. It's like, this is where the children will go and play. They'll go to the park. See in the song down in the park, 
the kids go to the park, but a robot, they call them mock men, the mock men would meet the boys and they would pick the boys, the ones that would go for sacrifice and the ones that would remain. And that they would go away and you'd, you'd basically look at each other and say goodbye. I know you're being taken for a greater cause. See you later. And, uh, it's, uh, it, it, it's a pretty creepy song. I mean, a lot of people don't know that it's about abduction. A lot of people don't know that it's about going to a park, meeting a, the mock men, which are these robot type guys with, with, you know, they're just, just android looking type aliens, taking them away and some of them go and some of them remain. But they have the experience, and they come back, and they tell their experience about what they did in the park. Well, that didn't happen to me. There was okay. nobody being abducted. It was almost like a transitionary place. It was a place to jump. Up. It's a jumping point. Where you're comfortable. Right. You know, so it's like with me, when I would leave my body as a child, and for me, I just thought it was dreaming, the first step of that is I would I would feel really good to go to this park because behind my house, there was an actual park there. Mm-hmm. And at nighttime, you know, there would be people playing baseball. And you'd hear the sounds of people playing baseball. So I would leave my body at night, and I would sit on the field sometimes and watch people play baseball. I remember that as a child. Once again, you know, you've got the diamond, the idea of the diamond. That, that There's a reason why... Um Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino at chumbacasino.com. Choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. In Field of Dreams, they they use the baseball diamond as as a, as a symbol for the supernatural because the diamond is uh, there's a lot of um, I guess you could call it uh, oh, esoteric. That's why I like baseball because it's an esoteric game. It's a game that goes forever, and so baseball is one of those games that they had to limit it to nine innings. If not, it would play forever, up down, up down, up down. It never stops. It's eternal. And so when you look at it in that perspective, the idea of the park, the baseball park, uh, you know, like Field of Dreams, it was all about playing baseball. The, the ghosts of his dad's heroes would play there, and then he eventually had to play there, and he was dead too. Um, it's just the idea of the symbolism of your experiences. I know a little something about uh, mythology and, and experiences symbolism and what would be called Jungian archetypes within the consciousness. You, in your book, express all of those things. And once again, as I said to Ron when I, when I spoke to him today, there are so many things you talk about in your book that I have heard people simultaneously have a variation of, which means that you, among many people, 
have had these experiences and that your book, if they read it, they will know, well, I've had this experience too. I didn't, I thought I was the only one. And that's why I say, you know, if you heard that song, because that song, when I was reading the book, I could just keep hearing it down in the park with a mock and me. I was thinking to myself, that's so bizarre because it's like what Joseph Campbell said about meeting in the Grove or meeting in the park. See, that's why in like in Star Wars, the reason why Luke Skywalker had to confront Vader in the Grove, he had to go down to the cave, which is kind of the representation of the Grove. It's a darker version of it going in. He had to go somewhere else, learn from the master. And then once the master teaches him, he has to confront that which he fears the most, which is the dark father or the Darth Vader, his dark father, his dark past. So that's what he did is he went and he did that. So you did the same thing, but you did it out of body. And you had many, according to what you've written, you've had many masters and teachers leading you through that journey. And it's a unique thing, but it's also something I'm sure many people could share because they've had these experiences too, because I think they're deep in your unconscious, subconscious, and I think they're deep with a lot of people's subconscious. And so the more we dig, I'm sure there are going to be more people going to relate to you about this sort of thing. 888-673-3700. It's 888-673-3700. Jason quit with us tonight. A fascinating juxtaposition of how this superposition, quantum idea of being in two places at once, multiplying your your experiences through the dimensions. It's a form of time travel. It's a form of, of being, and it's beyond normalcy, but people have experienced this. It's not something that's unique only to Jason. Jason is just someone who has expressed it in a book and has also been taught and led by various beings, much like what you read about in, in uh, oh, it's just, I, I'll, I'll get into it some more. 888-673-3700, we'll be back. So you love talk radio, then you'll love TalkStreamLive.com. TalkStream Live is always on 24-7 with the best streaming talk shows. Find your favorite talkers and discover some new ones. It's free, readily available online or on mobile with any smartphone or tablet. Finding your favorite talk shows all in one place has gotten a whole lot easier. Just go to TalkStreamLive.com. Be sure to download the free apps from Google Play or the iTunes App Store. You're listening to Ground Zero with Clyde Lewis on FM News 101.
most interesting about this song, Jason, Jason quit with me tonight. In the beginning, you heard, down in the park where the mock men meet, the machines are playing killed by numbers. I was in a car crash, I was in the war, but I knew it was quite the same. Basically, he's reliving these lives. I was in a car crash, I was in a war, I, I experienced this, I went to a place where they, it was almost like it was built in a day, and then I saw the humans try to run. It's just, it's just going through all these life experiences when he goes to the park and then he goes beyond. And I think that, uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know. You've never heard this song, have you? No, it's, uh, giving me chills. Then it's, it's, <laughs> I'm going to definitely download it when I get back. Yeah. It, there's different versions of it. In fact, many people have covered it, but yeah, it's, uh, I could read you the lyrics and he would make you even more. You know, think it's, I mean, I know that you can, you know, you, you're not familiar with the song and Gary Newman's kind of an acquired taste. He's awesome. I like Gary Newman. But, um, uh, yeah, that song reminds me of your experience. Triple eight six seven three thirty seven hundred. Jason quit with us tonight on Ground Zero. The book is called Forbidden Knowledge and we have more your phone calls and, uh, just an amazing show tonight with you and Jason. Triple eight six seven three thirty seven hundred. You're listening to Ground Zero and we'll be back.
time realms they can bring with them or take with them information. You know, you were saying that you were sick, which would may, like you said, have one foot in one world, one foot in the other, because you're always lingering between death and life. Um, I know of people who have died uh, and have come back from near-death experiences that bring back with them uh, certain types of talents, uh, certain types of gifts like uh, precognition, ESP, being able to um, know things before they happen, have uh, psychic abilities. Some people have either other abilities they bring with them, but it's just because of the trauma. Um, trauma sometimes, I think, creates a, a, like you were saying before about the accident, how I had this, you know, recurring dream about what happened and, and hearing about it from a neighbor and saying, well, I had no idea, and that's what I dreamt. But it's just the idea that not only is there impact on electromagnetic level of a certain area where there's an accident or a trauma, I believe since we're all electromagnetic creatures and we're full of water and we're full of all this and we're somehow transmitting, and I've talked about the quantum immortality where we're like a television set with one broadcast coming out, and that's our soul, that, you know, with that, uh, there there seems to be this, um, I don't know, there, there, there seems to be this uh, tr- trauma that would trigger it. And and when the trauma triggers it, then then people realize that sometimes they have to, like you said, you were shaking yourself so hard out of your body that you came out of your body. So it was very traumatic for you. Whatever was going on was a trauma that put you in that position. So sometimes trauma works because people have had out-of-body experiences, traumatic for them, they come back and they have other gifts, they have other things that they can share. And when I popped out of my body and I could see myself laying in bed, just like what's described in near-death experiences, and then I saw this shadow very tall shadow looking being standing at the foot of my bed. The first thought that I had was I'm dead. I just killed myself. I just left my body. And this is the grim reaper mm-hmm. now going to take me away. So for me, it was a real slap in the face of reality. This was not a dream. It was like, I could see myself. I'm dead. I'm not coming back. And it shook me to my core and scared me so much that that was the end of my life, mm. that it just, I just got sucked back in my body and right. woke up with my heart pounding. Now, I was uh, relating to you during the break that when I read your book, I realized that in the first couple chapters, these experiences happening to you, you were relating them as best you could without knowing anything about what they were, that you know that you experienced them. There wasn't much detail, only that they happened, and it just seemed like I've heard a lot of, the information. And it wasn't until the beings and your guides and all those that are helping you taught you what you were having, that you were able to heal yourself and also be able to share what you have going on with other people and help them. So, I mean, that's the beauty of this is because even tonight, you and I are exchanging information that you didn't know about that I, through reading and from all of my years of interviewing people, I know what it, what it is or what they've experienced before to give you some ideas. But you have the shaman, you have the uh, these uh, other guides, what were some of the most important things they were teaching you about the future? Well, <clears throat> when I first started to leave my body, it wasn't by choice. And I could say maybe at some level I did choose that. But what would happen is I would be sleeping in bed, just having a normal dream, and then suddenly I'd feel a presence come into the room, and I'd feel something like almost reach into me and pull me out of my body. Mm-hmm. They wouldn't speak to me. They wouldn't say anything. And I would be just shot up through the ceiling. It looked like a, a zoom out of Google Earth. And I'd go right up into outer space. 
and I would be directed to a point on the planet and be shot back down, and I would get to that location, and when I got to the location, I would look around, and I would realize that I do not recognize this environment. This is not the earth that I recognize. And the scenes that they showed me would be considered uh, apocalyptic. Apocalyptic, yeah. Um, they were gruesome. And many of those I don't share publicly just because, for me, they were very traumatizing. Uh, but the ones I do share is the first ones they took me to. Um, it looked like the planet was scorched, like it was just burnt. All the trees were burnt down. And the sky looked like it was on fire. It was a very deep red sky. And then they pulled me down into the earth. Uh, they showed me a bunker. Mm-hmm. And in the bunker, there was somebody trying to survive, but it just looked like a homemade bunker in someone's backyard, and it looked like they were suffering. Mm-hmm. So I just got the feeling that whatever had happened, this bunker was not going to protect this person. Mm-hmm. And then what would happen is once I witnessed whatever I was supposed to witness, I would be pulled and shot back up into outer space. I'd go through the same routine. I'd go back into outer space, see the planet, and then shot back down into the bed, and I would wake up. Were there any dimensions that you were uh, shot down to that were not apocalyptic, but were certainly ones that you knew that you were in a future state, that there were some remarkable things that uh, you couldn't comprehend, that they were just kind of, I don't know, did you ever get into that position? Or was always some familiarity to it? No, no, There's there's been some places I've been that... It's very difficult to explain, and it would seem very far-fetched to listeners. Mm -hmm. Um, For example, uh, one of these journeys, I was taken very far into the future, about uh, 700 years into the future. And it was a very, um, I'll use the word AI, okay? I can't really describe it from my consciousness, because I don't understand really what I saw. Mm Mm-hmm. But what I saw was a population living in a very um, highly technological state where their minds were actually integrated into the objects. For example, as they could walk into a building, in their mind they could be talking to the building itself. And there wasn't a government. It was like a, it was this kind of AI intelligence that was connected to people's minds for everyone. Do you know anything about panpsychism? Uh, what's that? <laughs> oh, man. Um, okay, we're going to take a break. I'll tell you about panpsychism. Because what you're describing... <laughs> See, again, I know. I know you've had these experiences, but you don't know... I have a feeling you don't know what's happening. And, and that this... I'm just... I'm, I'm giving you some information. I think it's awesome I can give you this information. So stay tuned. I'm going to tell you about panpsychism. Thank and you're you. going to go, wow. Because I'm going to tell you about that coming up. Triple eight six seven three thirty seven hundred. We'll be back. FM News 101 KXL. This is Ground Zero on FM News 101. Jason Quid's with us tonight on Ground Zero. So I'm going to give you the definition of panpsychism. You ready for this? Because you just gave me the 700 year, you know, another future, another dimension that had this 700 years from now. You said an AI. Where people were were connected to their immaterial objects or their their material objects. Yes. So they could talk to buildings, 
they they could talk and communicate with buildings. That's pretty right. much that's what you're saying. Yes. It is. Okay. So this is what panpsychism is. This is the definition in the dictionary. Okay. Panpsychism: the doctrine or belief that everything material, however small, has an element of individual consciousness. Scientists now are just looking into the possibility that material, however small, no matter what, has a consciousness and that we in the future will be able to communicate or at least have some sort of relationship on a quantum level with inanimate objects. Like, for example, you could get in your car and your car will say, or you could feel your car if it's sick. I don't know if you'll have a car then, but I'm just saying that you'd be able to, you know, like you say, go into a building and have a conversation with the building or have a conversation with your refrigerator saying, you know, you better order me food because I'm hungry or that kind of thing. So we are in that situation where scientists are trying to find a way to somehow interlink the human form into the machine form or into the inanimate object so our consciousness can speak with these consciousnesses that may exist within buildings or chairs or whatever. So what you had happened to you when you went into that other dimension with the 700-year thing that's why I asked you if you knew what panpsychism was, and you don't know. I'm yeah. going, yeah, okay. So obviously, scientists now are starting to look into that possibility. What you saw 700 years from now? That's amazing because it, remember, it's very difficult for me to explain the feeling and and what it is because I don't understand it. It's almost like I'm there and I'm getting a tour to see right. it, and I could be in somebody else's mind. And I know that there's this communication with Well, see, you wouldn't objects. be there long enough to get details. I was talking with my friend Lucianet over breakfast, and I said to him, I said, you know, it's odd. I said, I'm going to talk with Jason today about his book and about this whole time travel thing, and people always want to go, well, what was it like in the future? And they want you to have details. But I was thinking to myself, you know, let's say I've lived, you know, I'm, what, I'm 54 years old, and I thought when I was a kid, when I get older, the future would be like what you see on the Jetsons or what you see in science fiction shows. I mean, we had Star Trek and we had all these other shows where people would wear weird pantsuits, one-piece pantsuits. They walk down the street of this, all these wonderful, you know, innovations that are just remarkable. But think about it. In the past, hell, in the past 54 years, we still have power lines, okay? And I thought we wouldn't have power lines in the future, but we still have them. We still have cars. We don't have flying cars. And I, and my friend says to me, he says, well, what are flying cars? And I go, what? He goes, airplanes. I said, yeah. And commercial planes are, 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 are flying buses. But see, that's the thing is that no, we don't have flying cars. We're not walking around in onesies and the buildings really are not all that different from when they were when I was a kid. So we don't have those remarkable looking, you know, archways, well, they have some in some cities because, you know, architects get a little creative and they want to make things look futuristic. But everything basically is the same. Old buildings remain old. Architecture remains old. Certain types of shapes remain the same. We have power lines. We are all wearing shoes. We're not wearing things that, you know, when we click them together, we go, you go fly through the air. So, no, none of that exists. It's almost like if we were, if I was, like, if it was 1973... And I walked into 1983, I probably wouldn't be able to tell the difference unless, for example, the music was different. Because think about that. Culture changes. So, what, in 19, let's say 1972. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. 
This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over a 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Things like um, death rock or metal rock or rock or or rap or or something like dubstep. They listen like, what the hell is that? But see, now we have it, it's part of the culture. So, you know, it's all about culture changes. It has nothing to do with your environment. Environment seems to stay the same. Trees are trees and grass is grass. But if you went 700 years in the future and you were able to walk into a building and talk to it, that would be something you'd notice and go, well, you know, that's that sounds kind of crazy. But then when you read about panpsychism and the fact that scientists want to try and find that so we can have that kind of relationship... Then you say to yourself, well, wow, you were taken somewhere where they showed you something that's, that's in the, in the process and that you know nothing about it. So it's, it's kind of fun to hear you in this regard rather than reading about it because you can say, ah, now hearing you and, and, and looking at the look on your face when I bring up stuff going, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> like going, that's so amazing. You've, you've had this experience. So yeah, I mean that that's that's really cool about what what I'm having fun with this interview actually. Yeah, and the thing with time travel is, if a being is taking me, they're usually not telling me anything. It's just a mystery that I have to figure out. Um, there's sometimes where I'll wake up in the future, mm-hmm. um, and the only thing that I could describe is um, the one is um, I woke up in 2049, so not too distant future. And I was like living in, out of a car in the middle of the forest and it was me and I was older because I looked at myself mm-hmm. and the only thing that I got from that whole experience was that it was about 10 degrees warmer than it was back when I'm living now. That was the only message I got. I once talked to a guy who claimed to uh, have time travel and I asked him, I said, so we went ahead in time? He said, yeah, about 20 years. I said, what's it like in 20 years? He says, for some reason, the ketchup I had on my hamburger was purple. I'm going, What? I'm thinking, what? That's all you take back is that you saw purple ketchup? That's just, anyway, Jason Quinn was exactly. uh, ground zero. Triple eight six seven three thirty seven hundred. That's triple eight six seven three thirty seven hundred. We'll be back. Lewis and Ground Zero on FM News 101. I don't like things to change. I like things to stay just the way they are. I understand how you feel, but things can't stay the same all the time. Other times they are a change. Wait a minute. 
Being led by beings, it's you know amazing that uh, he has this recall. And you know, I uh, I was blown away by his book and what he had to say. And you're getting blown away tonight. We're gonna get to some calls now. Triple eight six seven three thirty seven hundred. It's triple eight six seven three thirty seven hundred. Look over here and let's go to Connor in Louisiana. Hi, Connor. You're on with Jason Quick. Go ahead. Hi, Clyde. Hi, Jason. How's it going? Um. It's going good. Um, look, I finally got the courage to come forward with this. Um, let me paint you a little quick picture here. Um, I was in my early teens, and my father came home from a refereeing the football game. And I was in bed, and I felt something weird. Something was going on. And I could hear my mother's voice, and I knew I wasn't in my body. And I, I just, something weird told me something's not right. Something's going wrong. And, you know, I could hear my mother's voice and something shaking me saying, wake up, wake up. Your father had a heart attack. He's on the ground and ambulance is on his way. And this being led me through the hallway. And there I saw my father laying down on the ground on his back unconscious and I see a little shadow on the ground and I could hear crying from the shadow. Well, the next day later, um, no, I'm sorry. It was the next morning, the exact same time. My mother was shaking me. Connor, Connor, wake up. Your father's had a heart attack. 
an ambulance is on its way. And I ran to the hallway, through the hallway. I saw my father on his back, unconscious. And it turns out that that shadow was me. So you were experiencing superposition. Exactly. Mm -hmm. You were in two places at once, in a premonition that looped for you, and then when it really happened, you were able to see and notice that it was you that was in that situation. And it's happened numerous times, and I, now it's just to the point where it's become not a normal thing, but it happens, mm -hmm. and when it does, it, it just like Jason said, it can be a little scary, but I've never been shot like him through time, per se. Well, first of all, I'd like to say thank you for coming forward and sharing that with us because it's a very personal uh, memory that you have and a personal experience. And it's amazing that you had um, the recall not only to remember everything but to realize that you were the shadow. And many, many people have these experiences and they're afraid of the shadow but they don't realize it's that other aspect of themselves that is actually separating from the body to right. experience these things and then bring that information and knowledge back to you. So you It's your a-causal self. It's, yes. it's the idea that you're a-causal. You're observing without, uh, without interfering, and that's what you're watching. It's kind of a shadow of what is or what may be. So huh? you, you described it perfectly. Yep. Wow. Awesome. Amazing story, and, uh, Amazing. Just Jason, I have a quick question for you before I go. Sure. How is it how is it that these beings are able to find you? Have you ever felt like there's a presence within you that's calling them? The way I look at it is that we have this multidimensional self within us and that could go by many names. You could say spirit or soul or higher self. But it has its life of its own, and it also travels through many portals, many dimensions, and it communicates to other beings. And I feel like when the time is ready in your life for this to activate, to get this information to you, it's almost like it's pre-planned, and these beings are already in communication with that self so that you will be ready to receive that information. Because sometimes... Um, if this happens to someone that's not ready, uh, you know, it may not sit well with them mentally. It could bother them. So it only really comes to people that are ready to experience it and understand what's happening. But could it be that these entities you've had a personal relationship with, whether it be it's you, because like you said, you saw that one instance where you saw yourself being ripped to pieces. Yes. But you have one of those entities that sit at the end of your bed. Could be you, a relative, a dead relative, or it could be someone who hasn't even been born yet. Remember the idea of selection beforehand. Somebody comes down who has, who has your best interest at heart, or maybe not, I don't know, comes down and basically gives you a tour of what could, kind of like Ebenezer Scrooge, I guess, give you a tour of what could be. Exactly. And uh, what I learned, and it really freaked me out too, is that, you know, I'm looking at this being. I don't know who this being is, but it knows me. And I get a sense that it's actually me from somewhere else. See, once again, that's, that would be the, that would be the thing because it knows enough about you to know what you like, what you don't like. And it would take, it's like, uh, what do they call those, uh, oh, 
Guardians of the Threshold? Is that what they call them? These, these beings that basically are with you at all times. Yes. Um, I, I, I gotta, I, it's not that. It's something like somebody who waits for you at the threshold. They are the, the, the guardians of the threshold is what they call them. I'm and, sure. and also when I go on these journeys, there's usually some type of being and it's usually standing be- behind me or beside me. And sometimes it's holding the back of my shoulder. So it's, it's literally taking my consciousness with them so that I could retain that information and be brought it back into this body. Amazing. Does that make sense to you? Truly amazing. No, no, it makes perfect sense to me. Okay. It's that's just truly amazing that we're able to experience this and, you know, talk about it. Yeah, and you had an experience too, so hold that close to you and uh, be ready for the next one. Dwellers on the threshold is what they're called. They're attached to you. They're like... uh like guardian angels. Some people say they're not guardian angels. Sometimes they say they're the little demon that follows you around wherever you go. Let's go to Jack in Wisconsin. Hi, Jack. You're on Ground Zero. Hey, good evening, gentlemen. How are you tonight? Good. Go ahead. Hey, uh, I was listening to your segment and everything, and Jason, when you said that you were were uh, in, in the future for 700 years and everybody wants to know details, well, to give an analogy, I've been on the phone waiting and i hear the producer saying you know hey you're on in 10 seconds or and stuff like that i don't know what it takes to produce a radio show but i have some insight <laughs> and you know and someone someone tomorrow will say well you you are on hold you know what it takes to make a radio show no but i got a different perspective yeah you get to hear all the stuff we talk about you know, behind well, the scenes. Right. Yeah. And it, but does that mean I know what's going on? And everybody wants to know the details, but you don't have them. Um, the dream I had that I uh, told your screener about was shortly after I joined the Navy, I started having a dream. Um, I'd be flying around the um, over the runway, make a right turn. And as soon as I made the right turn, I'd start feeling an engine vibration. And I'd start seeing my airspeed decrease and my altitude decrease. And I kept asking myself in the dream, why am I losing airspeed? Why am I losing altitude? What's this vibration? And I kept having the dream over and over again. And as time went on, it became more frequent. And we were having an air show um, on Father's Day weekend in 98. And I saw the F-14 practicing for the air show and when he was practicing his routine he made a right turn midfield and I just I unconsciously said it out loud we're losing the F-14 this weekend and uh, unfortunately that Sunday we did lose the F-14 so you were there I was there you observed it you you saw before it happened you were there in the cockpit watching it happen yes and uh, when I said wow. it out loud, there was somebody else, uh, a junior sailor in the smoking area. And after it happened, he, he just came up to me and he said, you said we were losing. I said, please don't ever, ever repeat that to anybody. I don't know where that came from. That you, just- I, I just can't I just can't fathom the horrors of you being there in the cockpit knowing it was going to happen. Then you see the F-14 and you say, uh, we're going to lose one because you were there and you saw it go down. It was it was it, it just everything clicked. I was having this dream for at, almost two years. It would come and go. There was no periodic 
to it. It wasn't like every two weeks, every month or something. It just happened every once in a while. But as the date got closer, the week of the air show, I had it every night. Hmm. And, uh, that's just, that's amazing. I, I, like I said, I, it doesn't make any sense why you were there in that cockpit, in my opinion, but you were there and maybe in another dimension, it was you at the controls. You ever think about that? No, I think, um, I failed. I think I was supposed to stop the plane. So you think that was your, that was your mission. You didn't do it. That's, uh, I don't know if, but that's the guilt I live with. Hmm. Wow. Jack, that's an amazing story. I'm sorry you feel the guilt though for that. But, um, in your segment where you brought the Bible stories uh-huh. of what these physicists are doing with quantum mechanics yeah. and, uh, well, quantum, well, quantum physics with the mechanics of the atom yeah. and bringing real life stories. I, I, I actually, I found it very insightful and I, that's one of the things I love about your radio program is sometimes you have to really think outside the box and, uh, you you definitely do that. Sometimes it takes that that little stretch and and think about it. Well, I think everybody's but, experienced that moment where they've been in two places at once. I think everybody's experienced the same thing that Jason has experienced, and they don't exactly know what it is. But now scientists are beginning to recognize it with panpsychism, exactly. with superposition, quantum mechanics. I mean, come on. These are things that scientists call pseudoscience. Now with quantum mechanics, they're saying no longer is it pseudoscience. You can be in two places at once. Now, how can it happen? Well, they're still trying to work on it with with atoms. But think about it with humans and think about it with out-of-body experiences. And all of the people that have said they've had these experiences, they've traveled through time, they've traveled through dimension, they've traveled through various places where they've even seen themselves in in a position as they stand there as acausal beings within within the matrix. And absolutely, and we're only made of atoms, and they are proving that electrons do exist at the same place at the same time. Right, and even if you don't see them, they say they exist. That's uncertainty principle. Heisenberg gave us that. So, I mean, anything's possible anymore. You just can't. You just can't uh, shut it down because it, it's something you're not familiar with. Now you have no excuse. Jack, thank okay. you so much for your call. That's amazing. Jason, quit with us tonight on Ground Zero. The book is called Forbidden Knowledge. We'll be back with more. Don't go away. FM News 101 KXL. 5D Events, Pioneers in Consciousness, Science, and Space Research, welcomes you to the Symposium of Quantum Consciousness and Healing, August 17th through the 19th at the Sheraton Gateway Los Angeles Hotel in Los Angeles, California. This amazing three-day epic event is about finding our better future for many lifetimes to come with quantum technology, consciousness, advanced healing, time travel, space and science, with over 100 lectures, workshops, panels, exhibits, and more. Join me as I'll be moderating a panel with Dr. Nick Begich, Walter Bosley, Olaf Phillips, Brad Olson, and Saeed David Farman. Go to 5devents.com. That's 5devents.com for more information. More with Clyde Lewis and Ground Zero on FM News 101. Jason quits with us tonight on Ground Zero. 
called Forbidden Knowledge, and uh, we're going to go to Greg in Texas right now. Greg, hi, you're on Ground Zero. Go ahead. Hi, Clyde. Hi. I'm in Houston. I had an uh, out-of-body experience back in 1975 heading uh, toward Tomball, Texas. I was in the uh, oncoming traffic lane right in 10 feet. I had that pickup truck head-on. They were in second gear. I was in fifth gear on our 10 speed, and I collided. I bounced off the head of that pickup truck on the concrete, and fortunately, the man that uh, assisted me was a volunteer uh, BMT okay. uh, for a Seinfeld Fire Department. Okay. Okay. And I get these experiences once in a while now where I'm able to get about 100% accuracy about when it's going to rain over there in the Philippines. So you, you know the, the weather's going to be like in the Philippines, even though you're in the United States. And why is that? Are you in the well, Philippines I, when you when you feel this? Uh, yeah. I, I'm like over there. Sometimes I pop over there. Uh, shortest period of time was five seconds. The longest was 45 seconds. And I'm there uh, looking on my uh, fiance's uh Shoulder. So you're saying you're saying to me you're in and out of reality, and your your reality that you're in and out of goes to the Philippines and the United States interchangeably. Yeah, I go from here. It's like uh, astral projection from here, from Houston to the Philippines. I'm there for about a uh, maximum forty five seconds, and I'm back here again. Wow, that's amazing. That's 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 the coolest story I've ever heard. And the only reason I'm able to do this is because uh, I'm so much in love with my uh, fiancé. But do you think the trauma of getting hit on that bicycle put you in that situation? Sure. I never had this problem before. Right, right. Well, Greg, that's an amazing story. And, I appreciate and that. that was, yeah. uh, and that was the first pickup truck. I got hit by a second pickup truck uh, in which it hit me uh, when they were backing up. And it hit my head. Wow. On the concrete. Wow. That's amazing. So, so you, you got a head injury is what you got, right? Sure I did. Okay, so the head injury. Okay, that's explained, that explains a lot. That's amazing. Greg, thank you for the call. You know what that reminds me of? You ever heard the story about there was a guy who came home one day from work, and his wife was speaking Spanish. The only problem was that she didn't know Spanish. You know what they found out was wrong with her? What's that? She had a stroke. And she was speaking Spanish. She had a stroke, and she couldn't. Her her husband her husband was panicking because the stroke made her speak Spanish, and she did not know Spanish. Something triggered inside of her subconscious after a stroke to start speaking Spanish. There was actually a depiction of it. There was a TV show called Nine One One, where a guy came home, and his wife was freaking out, and she was she had a British accent. And he says, you guys don't understand. She doesn't, ha she's not from England. And they realize, oh my God, she had a stroke because there's this, there's some time when people have a head injury, they, they're able to go in and out of realities. I mean, this, <laughs> and this guy gets hit by a car. It hurts his head. He can go in and out of realities in the Philippines. It's amazing. Say once again, back, back to the idea that you were sick. Yeah. Most of your childhood. And it was a traumatic thing for you. That's why you can go in and out of realities. That's right. Amazing. Triple eight six seven three thirty seven hundred. 
That's Triple A six seven three thirty seven hundred. More from Jason Quay. Stay with us all night long. This is gonna be a fascinating show. We're getting more talking about this stuff in your phone calls. We're gonna get right to them as much as we can right here on Ground Zero. Don't go away. Ground Zero. So this is where the first guy got AIDS. Peter, this is the site of the 9-11 terrorist attacks. Oh, so Saddam Hussein did this? No. The Iraqi army? No. Some guys from Iraq? No. That one lady who visited Iraq that one time? No, Peter, Iraq had nothing to do with this. It was a bunch of Saudi Arabians, Lebanese, and Egyptians financed by a Saudi Arabian guy living in Afghanistan and sheltered by Pakistanis. So you're saying we need to invade Iran? Triple eight six seven three thirty seven hundred. That's triple eight six seven three thirty seven hundred. Jason Quinn is our guest tonight. We're going to be talking about how you can meet up with Jason here in Portland. Actually, not Portland, out there at East City. Um, East City is uh, he's going to do uh, Soul Tech. Uh, it's a uh, get together at East City Ranch this weekend, August 9th through the twelfth. Jason will be there exploring the concepts of new realities. James Gillen, of course. Uh, Holly Marie will be there. And uh, Jimmy Church, who I just made a video uh, telling him that if he doesn't come on my show, I'm going to hunt him down and I'm going to kill him. <laughs> no, I love you, Jimmy. Jimmy, I love you. You're going to find out when I... When Jason sends out the video that I send you a nice little greeting saying how much I love you. It's beautiful. I'm going to squeeze you to death if you don't come to my show. <laughs> At least call in. You don't call me anymore. <laughs> I feel bad. <laughs> anyway. So, yeah, we'll talk more about this, what's going on at East City. So, having a conversation with Jason uh, during the break, and... um the situation is this, Jason, is it, it seems to me that quantum physicists just can't agree on, hand, on how to handle the fundamental uncertainty that apparently underpins reality. Okay. So what they do is now they're grasping at things that were once considered pseudoscience, like panpsychism, biocentrism, quantum immortality, and the idea that we have this overlapping type of dimensional matrix that we're dealing with here. So we'll go back to Heisenberg for a moment. He was working through the implications of quantum theory. Um, and he was trying to find a strange new way of explaining how atoms behaved that had been developed by physicists like uh, Schrodinger, for example. Okay, And we all know about Schrodinger, the cat, right? Schrodinger's cat. It's either 
It's either alive or dead. We don't know because we can't see it. But we can always say it's immortal because you don't know until you see whether it's dead or not. So it's this uncertainty. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The, the cat is either alive, living in the box, or dead in the box. Because you don't know. You don't see it. So our everyday experience tells us that we live in a world of uncertainty, where things have a defined place, causes lead to effects, and we never talk about the effect leading to a cause. We never talk about... Prophecy after the fact. We, it was Rich Reiser, the last caller we had, where he said that he felt guilty about being in the controls of that, that, that plane and it went down. But see, that's the thing. It was prophecy after the fact. No one wants to admit that they were being prophetic until after the fact and they say, wow, I knew that was going to happen. I feel a little guilty about it. You shouldn't do that because it's hard to understand basic theory of reality that says everything at its root is fuzzy and uncertain. You can't you can't say, well, reality is definite. It's not. It never has been. It's always fuzzy and uncertain. So just like where Schrodinger's cat can be both dead and alive, objects can be in two places at once or be in one place and then suddenly pop up in another or influence each other instantaneously from afar. That's how it works. And they're finding that more with superposition phenomena. Now, we don't have all the answers. All we have is guesses. We have interpretations. And we have people like you who've had these experiences. And the several callers that have lined up tonight to talk to you have had these experiences, too. So, for you, this is normal, okay? Um, for most people, they see the universe as precise in its application. But, and, and of course, it, it appears to use basic structures and multiple applications in order to create itself. Scientists are now interested, though, in the structures of life and how it all applies on a quantum level and how consciousness has become the obstacle that breeds uncertainty. It's in the way. So they want to find out, we got to nip this in the bud. How is it happening? And, and you know, when science is faced with the question of just what happens to consciousness after we die... Or what happens to consciousness when it leaves the body and can go off like you and who knows where you're going, what time dimensions you go in or what places you go in the mind. So it's it's simply a product of the brain or if the brain itself is a receiver of consciousness, if consciousness is not a product of the brain, it would mean that our physical bodies are not necessary for the continuation of consciousness. So whatever your consciousness is leaving the body, your body doesn't have to sustain the consciousness for you to experience these, these uh, experiences you've had. You understand that? Oh, I'm in total agreement with that. Okay. Yeah. Cause that's biocentrism pretty much. I mean, um, because what it is, is it, 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 we talked about this before quantum immortality in a way. Biocentrism is 
quantum immortality. Basically, the idea that let's say that we're just a packet of information and we're stored at a quantum somatomic level somewhere in the body. So this information, which is stored in microtubules within the human cells, leaves the body after a person dies, or it can leave the body in a traumatic situation, says we I shook off my body and I went off somewhere else. So when the person leaves the body or when the person dies temporarily or whatever, the quantum information is released into the universe only to return to the body cells if the host is brought back to life or if the host is able to expel the cells, expel the uh, the particles and then move them back in. So it's an interchangeable thing. So this explains why people can have near-death experiences. This is why people like you can go out and time travel in different places when you leave your body because quantum information is capable of leaving the body and if you die, then the quantum information can exist outside the body, perhaps indefinitely, and it goes off to different places. Right? Right. And, you know, I've had experiences that I fully remember of being in a past life. For example, um, there was one very clear past life where, for some reason, I'm running on the ice. It's almost like I'm in the Arctic, and I'm running over the ice, and the ice cracks, and I fall through into the water, and I get pulled down with very strong current, and immediately I felt this incredible warmth, like a fire, go through my body. And the next thing I know, everything is dark, and then I hear the crying of a baby. It's almost like a, I transitioned like from that life into like a new life. Was it crying you? It was crying me. So I experienced the crying of a baby, the death, and then the crying. So you hear your crying. Yes. Here's another thing somebody had told me. This is something to think about. So in most of these life-after-death experiences you hear about, there's always that, well, I was I was in the car, and I was driving, and I hit the brakes, and uh, somehow I rolled the car, and it went over a cliff, and everything was slow. It all slowed down. And all of a sudden, I felt my body changing, and I saw... My soul was lifting up out of the car, and I was going down this tunnel, and the tunnel was like moving and moving, big bright light at the end of the tunnel. And I come out of the tunnel, and there were people there that loved me. They are all looking down at me and loved me. I'm thinking to myself, what if the whole tunnel experience is like you were saying, the choosing of the parents beforehand, going down that hallway, metaphorically speaking, mm-hmm. going down that hallway, and it, and basically what you're doing is that packet of quantum, whatever it is that's you, is being put into a biological container, like what you're in now, going down the birth canal, and poop, you're out there, and there's everybody looking at you, loving you, and then it either clicks out, and you don't remember it, or you remember it, and you go back in the different direction to the old body you were in. <laughs> what if that's what happens? It's it's very possible. Because when I leave my body, the way I, I describe it or the way that it feels, it's almost like the physical body is like an electromagnet. And when electricity is going through the body, it's holding this astral body or soul or whatever you want to call it. But this thing that's within you, this energy, this consciousness, it's not bound by the third dimension. It's connected to this multidimensional reality. So it can jump to different places and receive information. But when that electromagnet gets shifted, let's mm-hmm. say through a trauma, mm-hmm. you could easily be projected out of the body. And 
in different meditations or different uh, altered states of consciousnesses and different um, sleep states, mm. you could actually access that separation of consciousness and leave and experience those tunnels. So obviously consciousness is not a product of the brain. I don't believe it is. It's something else entirely. And so right now science is just trying to figure this out. So people are having these experiences, either their death experiences, near death, out of body, astral projection. And so what it is is your quantum pocket, whatever it might be, traveling in this infinite I guess pathway into the, what they call the layered matrix where layer upon layer upon layer upon layer, you're ever shooting through and you say, I'm going to hang out here for a while. I'm going to hang out here for a while. And so it's, it's back to that idea that you are like a signal, like, like for example, the radio signal that is broadcasting right now. The only way you're getting my information coming out of my mouth and coming out of your mouth is if people have the box that broadcasts it. If you don't have a box that broadcasts, whether it be a computer or radio or what have you, you're not going to get this information. So same as if you have a container, human container, that is not capable of housing the quantum packet, the quantum packet leaves. Or if trauma ensues, such as the case where I shook it, I shook my body so much that it came out and I took off into other dimensions, it's the same principle. So if you have the right equipment, or even another biological avatar component, that quantum packet of data can be resurrected in a new body. Or it can end up as an acausal form somewhere in this layer upon layer matrix we're talking about. So this would also explain ghosts. We were talking a little bit about ghosts, so ghosts do the same thing. Ghosts are traveling through the quantum matrix. They're part of that packet, and they remain in areas where traumas happen. They remain in areas where they want to visit every once in a while. And quite possibly, we appear to them as ghosts as well, because we're just another shadow of what they're seeing, whether it be future, past, or present. Absolutely. And the way that I view my body now is my body is just the portal or doorway into time and space in this dimension. How many times have you died? Well, I would say leaving my body hundreds and hundreds of times. But didn't you... Like almost die a couple times, I read in your book. Yes, yes. So there was a couple times where I was very near death. So I would say three. So you've died three times. Three. I know that I've died once, or at least I've come close to dying. I had what happened is after I had my kidney surgery, I had uh, embolisms um, come from my th- uh, come from my uh, pelvis into my lung. I had five. I mean, one in your lung is basically a twenty percent chance of life. Five is probably a 4% chance, and I beat the 4%. I'm still here, fat and happy, and I'm here to talk to you tonight. And I don't know why, but I've managed to survive a bunch of crap, and so I'm on the air, and I'm very grateful for that. So, I mean, but I've never had these experiences of out of body. I think it would scare the hell out of me, actually, because I wouldn't know how to get back in. It's like, okay, you know, it's like being in Willy Wonka in the Chocolate Factory. I drink the bubbles, and I go up, and I'm, I I would be the one that gets all sliced up in the little fan up above, because I wouldn't know how to get back down. It's scary the first 500 times. <laughs> really? Yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Jason quit with us tonight on Ground Zero. We're going to get to your phone calls, 888-673-3700. That's 888-673-3700. Back with more Ground Zero. Don't go away. FM News 101 KXL. This is Ground Zero on FM News 101.
Clyde Lewis. You're listening to Ground Zero. Jason Quaid, my guest tonight. We're going to go now to Zoe in Georgia. Hi, Zoe. You're on Ground Zero. Go ahead. Zoe in Georgia. Hi, you're on Ground Zero. Go ahead. Hi. Um, so I've been listening to your segment. I've actually been um, a big fan of the show for, I think, like two years now. Thank you. Um, and what uh, you and Jason have been talking about um, really kind of resonated with me and with my life story. Um, just a uh, very brief synopsis. Um, I was born with sensory processing disorder. Um, which, long story short, um, you can't really um, process things correctly. You over-process, and then it kind of creates, like, a um, traffic jam, and so you end up not being able to process anything at all. And so it would be like if someone were to walk by me and were to, like, touch my shoulder, it would feel like my entire arm was on fire and I would have an anxiety attack. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was just absolutely terrifying. And so um, I had to do occupational therapy to um, get over that. Um, and then um, fast forward to when I was about seven years old, um, I was having um, many, many, um, like, paranormal, I guess you could call them, experiences and stuff. We lived in a, you know, big, creepy Civil War house or whatever. Um, and then uh, when I was eight years old, um, I, was, I experienced... Um, uh, abuse and um, some trauma, and that started triggering these um, dreams where I met. They weren't recurring dreams, but there was a recurring character, and his name was the Raven Man, and it was very strange. And he um, he was in every single dream. He still is in every single dream. I'm 17 now, so he's been here for nine years. Um, I don't know if he's good or bad, but, um, he's, um, just as, um, Jason, just as you described, he's, he, as it's, I felt that he's physically pulled me out of my body and into like astral projection and he's shown me things that I have not wanted to see. He, um, he's shown me. Um, I, I don't know if they're visions or if it's like been time travel or something like that, but. How would you describe what the Raven Man looks like just quickly? Um, he's very, very tall. He's, um, probably about seven feet tall. He, um, I can't look at his face for some reason. I'm just, I, I, like, I physically can't. Um, so I don't know what his face looks like, and he wears a, um, he wears a hat, he wears like, um, it's not a fedora, but it's like a, um, it's a type of, like, black hat, and he wears a, um, he wears a dark suit with, um, leather gloves and a cane, and he wears, um, like, big black shoes, and I always, uh, I normally... Does he, do you call him Raven Man, or does he call himself Raven Man? Um... He calls himself Raven Man. I didn't know what his name was for a while um, until... Um, Does it, yeah, and you say you don't look into his face. Why? Is it because he grins at you? Yeah, it's like a mocking sort of yeah. thing. He grins at you. Does he have white eyes? Yeah, and, he, and he'll point places or he'll stop mm-hmm. me. And he's he's called many things. He calls himself Raven Man to you, but he's the hat man to some people. 
in Europe, he's called Omul Negru. Uh, and kids even try to conjure him, Omul Negru, to bring him forward because Omul Negru, Why? because oh. yeah, because uh, well, he uh, he grants wishes, he grants wishes, and uh, and he but he also wants something from the kids, uh, namely a drop of blood. Have you ever? Has he ever asked you for a drop of blood? It sounds familiar. Um, I'm I'm sure he has. He's uh, he's asked me for hair before. Yeah. Do um, you have any background in witchcraft? Yes, I do. I do have a background in witchcraft. Um, my family has a background in witchcraft. My yeah. parents. Um, my parents became Christian when I was very young, and they threw out. Okay. All of all of their. Can you, uh, can you hang on? Hang on a minute, Zoe. Hang on. Yeah. We're gonna hold you over. Hang on. Amazing story. We'll be back. FM News 101 KXL. More with Clyde Lewis and Ground Zero on FM News 101. Church will be there, James Gilliland, a number of other great people, and of course the Skywatch looking for UFOs out there at uh, East City, a great place to hang out. So we were talking uh, with a caller, Zoe, called in from Georgia, telling us about the Raven Man. She's had experiences her entire life with the Raven Man, and we were, both Jason and I were uh, grilling her on uh, this identity of this man, and we've kindly, narr- kindly narrowed it down here as to what's going on. And we found out that, yes, she did have a background 
Uh, her family has a background in witchcraft. <clears throat> Excuse me. And Zoe, you there? I'm here, yeah. Okay, so uh, Jason and I were discussing uh, during the break, there are several versions of Raven Man uh, that I don't know if you're aware of. They're different names they give this character. Uh, he's the Grinning Man. Uh, he is uh, Omu Negru, meaning the, the Dark Man. Uh, there's Bav Bav, uh, that's uh, Slovenia, they call him Bav Bav. In Greece, um, he hides under the bed. In Egypt, he hunts down children who don't obey their parents. Uh, his name is Bowman, Bowman in German. Uh, another version of a shadowy figure that has claws, like a bird, or hooks. Uh, hides underground in basements and sewers. Then, there's the, then, then if you look at uh, Makumba which is an African religion, there are two spirits that actually accompany uh, this dark man, uh, Omulu, who uh, wears uh, a black robe, and there's Exu, which is uh, uh, the one who commands uh, what is called the Kambanda, which is uh, the black forces that surround the dark man. So um, when you look at Omu Negru, the black man, the dark man, it's synonymous with the devil, synonymous with... Um, uh, a spirit. Now, here's the deal. Uh, has he ever offered you anything to eat? Or has he ever offered you anything? I mean, he asked for your hair. Has he ever asked for a fingernail? Has he ever asked for anything else from you? He's asked for, um, like, I've, um, I've always had dreams of, like, my, uh, my teeth falling out or just my fingernails falling off. And anytime I have dreams like that, he always comes up behind me and he always asks for them. Whenever I was a child, I was always like, oh, yeah, of, of, of course, and things like that. And I would give them to him because I was... Okay, has he ever offered you anything to eat? Like, what has he offered you? What, do, what has he offered you to eat? Anything? Bird food. And I was like, no, that's gross, because I was like seven. So he offered you grain? Mm-hmm. What kind of grain do you think it was? Any uh, idea? Barley. Barley? Because mm -hmm. in a lot of the a lot of the accounts of Raven Man or Omul Negru, he offers up rye, a darker grain. And uh, of course, um, when you look at rye, uh, what does rye, rotten rye, have? It has ergot, which is a uh, which creates this these feelings of LSD, the same uh, feelings as LSD when you have ergot. It make you you know crazy. Uh, make you feel crazy. Yeah. So, um, so we're talking, uh, I was talking with uh, Jason on what we could do to, I mean, do you want Raven Man to go out of your life or do you want him to, to at least leave you alone? Yeah. I mean, I, I still do currently practice witchcraft. I'm, um, I'm very connected to nature and, um, okay. I only like, I, I only practice like, the um like the positive aspect of it. But do you conjure do you conjure Raven Man? You no, conjure? never okay. I never have. I, I don't right. I don't want him there. I just um, Okay. So I would say that you need to offer him something in the form of food. Okay. And, and it has to be sweet. It has to be a cake and it has to either be a cake or it has to be a cookie. Or sweet liquor, some type of sweet cherry, liquor, sweet some, yeah, liquor. some sort of sweet liquor, and um, that way uh, you could keep him pretty much on a leash, and he wouldn't go away completely because he's in your life. But he yeah. would, he wouldn't bother you as much if you were to offer, make him an offering. He says, "I'm offering this in good faith that you leave me alone." 
Yeah, because I don't, because I don't think, because, like, he's never actually tried to, like, necessarily, like, attack me or hurt me, like. No, but he's collecting from you. That's, he is. He's a collector. He's collecting things from you. First, he wants your blood. Then he wants your hair. Then he wants a fingernail. Then he wants a tooth. Then he starts asking for more. Mm. And unless you offer him something else and you give him an alternative and you say, here, I'm offering you sweet wine. I'm offering you a cookie. I'm offering you a cake. And I don't want to get gross or anything, but maybe even, you know, if you, I hate to say this, but you're a witch. You have witchcraft in your background. You bake a cake with your own spit in it, or you bake a cake with your own blood in it, or right. I'm going to say something that I'm going to regret. Menstrual blood, put that I'd, in the cake. I'm thinking the same thing. You're, you're good. You would uh, probably keep him away. Now, if you want to get rid of him completely, which is, might be the next step for you, because these beings, they start simple, asking for simple things, and then it gets out of control where basically they own you, and it's not fun. So... Um, this thing is connected through the ancestry. It's also connected through your uh, traumas that you carry. So this is the way that it's accessing you. It's through that. So you would have to do some type of healing to find the root of how this thing is attached and connected to you. Yeah. <laughs> and then you'd have to work on yourself because this is a frequency that's inside of you that's calling it to you. Mm-hmm. And after that, after you figure that out, then you could offer up the spirit plate. You could offer up the spirit cooking to let's say, okay, here you go. Now you're not taking from me. Here you go and leave. But you have to kind of uh, sever that connection and cord so that it's healed within you if you do not want this to carry See, this forward. is where we would recommend spirit cooking, but after you've healed. And you got to find ways to heal. But the idea that, you know, you know, people usually do spirit cooking for something else, but I would say spirit cooking and feeding it, keeping it at bay, and then finding a way to heal yourself is the best way to get rid of it. And, and yeah. that is if you want to. But that's the thing is the traumas have opened you up for it. And now you have to find a way. And, and you know, this is an ancient spirit. This is something that's been bothering uh, and, and it's been conjured by kids. And it, it usually affects young women. How old are you? Uh, 17. Yeah. Yeah. You're about that age. You have any poltergeist activity in your life? Um, Not since we moved to our new house. But, but you have, right? But oh my my entire life um, previously yes yeah you'll grow out you'll grow out of it by the time you're in your twenties but I would say that uh, you're at that time where you know yeah I would start considering you know uh, making way to uh, divorce yourself from this being because as as Jason said as I say you know sure it wants your hair it wants your fingernails it wants your blood it wants your it wants your teeth it wants all those things and eventually it'll want all of you. And that's the thing. It's, it's, this is called voluntary entrapment. And if you find yourself in voluntary entrapment, you're going to find yourself completely consumed by this character. And so the way to keep him from wanting any more of you is you offer him, like Jason said, you know, sweet wine, uh, a cake, uh, or uh, a cookie or something. You know, it's like, you know why kids leave cookies and milk out for Santa Claus, right, Zoe? Oh, yeah, because of the, um, the, oh, I forget. Because Santa Claus used to be Krampus. Krampus, yeah. And Krampus was not a nice guy. Mm-mm. And so they still leave the tradition out because they think Santa is going to eat the cookies, but it's the idea that the devil knocks at the door three times and he wants the sweet stuff. That's the yeah. whole thing. So, Zoe, I hope that helped you. But, you know, it does a lot. Thank you. All right. Well, thank you for calling. That was a very interesting call from Zoe. Let's go to Johnny in Texas. Hi, Johnny. You're on Ground Zero. 
Johnny, you there? With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Johnny? Johnny in Texas. Hi, Clyde. Go ahead. Go on. Good. Go Sorry ahead. Yeah, bet. Uh, yeah, pretty much. I just I was listening to y'all talk about that song by Gary Newman about the park and and everything, and I had an experience, and it just hits everything on the head. What uh, happened to you? So, it's a funny story, really and truly. Um, my brother he wanted to eat some mushrooms, so I went with him to his house and, and we did, we ate them and all the entire time I just wanted to get out of the house. So he had a park near his house and I just wanted to go to the park. So I went to the park and I sat there and immediately once I sat there, I looked up and a, a light just appeared and it was the size of like a basketball. Mm-hmm. I just, I stared into it and it just <laughs> beamed this energy into me. And I just kept staring into it, and it just kept beaming this energy into me. And I'm thinking that I'm about to get sucked up, and I, I was ready to go. And then immediately it just disappeared. And once once it disappeared, I just started crying. It was like I I just had the the whole meaning of life was just given to me. And I, I just came right back to reality in an instant, you know. So what did, what did you learn from your experience? Did you learn anything from it? Uh, well, like five years up to that event, I'd been asking, what is, asking myself, what is the meaning of life? Mm-hmm. And, I, you know, I don't, I don't even need to ask that question anymore after that. So you had a rude awakening as to what the meaning of life is. And you <laughs> yeah, yourself. it was like, it was like, Every every bit of knowledge and just energy was given to me right then and there. Well, Johnny, uh, are you glad you had the experience? I'm very glad I had the experience. Yep. Did, it, did, it, did it increase the faith in God, or did it change your mind about what God is? No, none at all. No, it, it proved the fact that there is God. Okay. Well, Johnny, thank you so much for your experience. I really appreciate it calling in tonight. That's amazing. Anyway, 888-673-3700. That's 888-673-3700. Jason Quitt is with us tonight on Ground Zero. His presentation exploring the concepts of new realities will be at East City Ranch. And that's going to be happening this weekend, August 9th through the 12th. So you got to be there and uh, and say hello. Be there for Ground Zero. 
Soul Tech, where the Masters gather to change the game. Underneath Seti Ranch, right there in, uh, right there near Mount Adams. Triple eight six seven three thirty seven hundred. That's triple eight six seven three thirty seven hundred. I'm Clyde Lewis. We have more from Jason Quinn coming up. Don't go away. We'll be back. FM News one hundred and one KXL. This is Ground Zero with Clyde Lewis on FM News one hundred and one. What we're exploring tonight is uh, quite intriguing, really. Because you can't nail down exactly what you're experiencing unless you're able to look through things other than what you've been taught your whole life. I mean, you, you find yourself, well, actually, you tell yourself that perhaps you're losing your mind until you find someone else who shares that same paranormal experience. Our thoughts and conjectures about life in the universe are often based on assumptions unproven theories, hearsay, rumors, and misinformation. Decisions we make in life may be based on ancient attitudes and archaic practices. This is one thing that I think a lot of people need to understand. Mythologies are the things that drive us. They may not be applied, I guess, coherently in the in the conscious mind, but we know that decisions we make in life are based on a lot of things that we've been taught over time, archetypes, things that basically are inside of us. I mean, look, whether you like it or not, you, inside of you, you have uh, a guidance through astrology. That means the stars and the planets uh, do, in fact, guide us, whether you like it or not, because of the magnetic pull and the influences. Prophecy is another thing that motivates us. Prophecy is another thing that motivates us. Uh, biblical, non-biblical, you name it. Prophecy after the fact. Prophecy before the fact. Uh, everything shapes the way we see the world. Now, beyond the voices are the visions of precognitive and retrocognitive experiences. In the ether of the subconscious, we replay all of the experiences we've had at other moments. And we have dreams that could be precognitive sometimes warn us of great danger. Those visions that leap from the ether into our dimensional reality are sometimes called apparitions. They're discarnate spirits, much like what the Raven Man was for her. We have telepathic and telekinetic impressions that also play a role. And a lot of people don't realize. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. That thought forms, imagination, tulpas, all these things can be made manifest. It's the law of attraction. Thought forms transform and mutate their way into becoming words, actions, manifestations. And these are the things sometimes we didn't expect to show up in our reality. Like Zoe, I don't think that she expected Raven Man to show up in her reality, but he did. And so when we're resonating at frequency, thoughts resonate at frequency. They can be changed in many ways. And when a thought form is all-consuming with the consensus, we begin to see these peculiarities take shape. If the consensus can agree on let's say, peace and tranquility, 
And if we can agree that it's all around us, and if we can picture puppies chasing, uh, you know, chasing balls, ballerinas, cartwheeling clowns, I don't care, then the world would eventually transform into a fun fair of puppies chasing balls, ballerinas, and cartwheeling clowns. And there are many people that say that they desire peace, love, and tranquility, but it's never achieved to their satisfaction, and therefore they're angry, they're disenchanted, and that's the thing. They don't realize that their desires are only part of what it takes to see them come through or to manifest. And I struggle with these things myself. We all do. We're all trying to regain our personal powers as we are being bombarded with attitudes and programming that stifles the power of where we can go if we just let our minds, if we can just drive our minds and take control of our minds. It just seems more convenient, though, to just kind of go back to sleep, hit the snooze bar repeatedly until we no longer have the will to open our eyes. And that's what's unfortunate. So... More with Jason Quick coming up on Ground Zero. Your phone calls, we've got a lot to get to, so stay tuned. More to come right here on Ground Zero. 888-673-3700. That's 888-673-3700. We'll be back. FM News 101 KXL. I have a request tonight. Triple eight six seven three thirty seven hundred. That's triple eight six seven three thirty seven hundred. Had a hard time getting in. Uh, maybe a line or two are open. You can get in right now and uh, talk to Jason Quick, my guest. I wanted to ask you before we get to more calls because there are a lot of people who want to get in and talk to you. Um, one of the things that I remember in your book was uh, one of your adventures or your out of body experiences uh, gave gave you some information about the pyramids. And uh, while most people would write that off and say, well, of course you got information about the pyramids. I wanted you to talk about the information you got about the pyramids. And then I'm going to lay something on you that was just in the news a couple of days ago about the pyramids. So go ahead and tell us what you learned about the pyramids. Well, first of all, with the pyramids, we have to understand that the radiation on the planet was different. There was a different radiant energy coming in from the sun, which changed the electromagnetic fields of the Earth. The electromagnetic fields of the Earth were actually a whole lot stronger, sometimes almost 100% to 1,000% stronger uh, in certain areas. And in Egypt and areas around Jordan and Israel, uh, they had very, very strong magnetic fields uh, thousands of years ago, way stronger than they are now. So... The pyramids acted as almost like an antenna, and it would send like a static scalar energy 
uh, into the earth and into the atmosphere, and it could travel um, this energy to other pyramid sites through the ley lines of the earth because the earth had a different electromagnetic field back then. Mm. So it's not the same. It still works, but it's not the same as it was thousands of years ago because it was a different sun, different electromagnetic field. Mm -hmm. And there was many purposes to the pyramid. One of the purposes that I was told was that the pyramids around the, uh, the earth actually acted as a terraformer, which actually made the planet more stable, so less earthquakes and things like that. Um, another thing is if you want to get into outer body experience, the frequencies generated within the pyramid uh, were very easy for you to leave your bodies and it would act as a, a type of stargate to different things in other dimensions and planets. Okay, so I'm going to lay something on you. I just found this out a couple of days ago. Um, there were new discoveries now. Some scientists were uh, are doing some investigations in the ancient pyramids of Giza. They're turning up amazing information about electromagnetic energy and nanoparticle exchanges within the chambers of the ancient structures. They said this was taking place a long time ago. Uh, this is from the New York Post. I'm going to read it verbatim just to show you that I'm not out of my mind and you're not out of your mind. Scientists have made an incredible discovery about the Great Pyramid of Giza, which can focus electromagnetic energy in its internal chambers and its base. The mysterious structure was built by ancient Egyptians thousands of years ago, and experts are just only beginning about the amazing powers of, of this device. Scientists from ITMO University and the Laser Centrum Hanover found that 481-foot building, the 480-foot, 40, uh, sorry again, the 481-foot building is capable of creating pockets of higher energy in its inner rooms and at its base. Their research has been published in the Journal of Applied Physics. The research group plans to use the results to design nanoparticles, which will be used to develop sensors and highly efficient solar cells. Dr. Audrey Evlukin, scientific supervisor and coordinator of the study, said, quote, Egyptian pyramids have always attracted great attention. We as scientists were interested in them as well, so we decided to look at the Great Pyramid as a particle dissipating radio waves resonance device. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe and Summit 4xe models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. With everything you have on your plate, earning your degree online seems impossible. But at Grand Canyon University, we specialize in helping you fit a master's degree in business into your busy day. Your graduation team, led by your own GCU counselor, provides you with the personal support you need to succeed. Achieve your goals with a plan and team behind you. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Visit gcu.edu. Due to the lack of information about the physical properties of the pyramid, we had to use some assumptions. For example, we assume that there were, let's see, that we assume that there are no unknown cavities inside the building material with the properties of ordinary limestone is overwhelmingly distributed out of the pyramid. With these assumptions made, we obtain interesting results. Oh, okay, right, let's stop that. Okay, it says here, uh, with these assumptions made, we obtained interesting results that can find important particle and practical applications. 
Researchers modeled the distribution of electromagnetic fields inside the pyramid while studying the interactions of electrical waves. Scientists have deduced that the pyramid concentrates this electromagnetic energy in its hidden chambers, which include rooms containing the reigns of Pharaoh Khufu and his wife. There's also a third unfinished chamber beneath the base of the huge structure, and the team's analysis shows that the powerful pyramid concentrates its electromagnetic energy in its internal chambers. Attention all Ground Zero radio fans. GroundZeroMerch.com is your one-stop shop for all things Ground Zero. Oh, wow. Show off your style with our exclusive collection of T-shirts and hoodies. They're not just comfortable, they're conversation starters. Need to keep hydrated during those long listen sessions. Get your hands on our durable water bottles. And now introducing our latest additions, a hand-picked selection of intriguing books that will keep your mind buzzing. GroundZeroMerch.com. Support Ground Zero and everything we do. Are you brave enough to step into the unknown, where shadows whisper and secrets unfold? Welcome to Ground Zero Radio, your gateway to the other side, now within reach on iOS, Android, and Alexa. Dive deep into the abyss with Ground Zero with Clyde Lewis. Unravel mysteries with the secret teachings and explore the unexplained in Into the Paranormal. Listen to live radio and podcasts, read our latest articles, and message the station all in our new mobile apps. Download the Ground Zero radio app today, now available in the App Store. These hidden rooms include the chamber holding the mummified body of Pharaoh Khufu, for whom the iconic monument was built and another built for his wife. But scientists believe the unusual discovery about the electromagnetic energy in the pyramid is just a coincidence. They believe it is highly unlikely that the ancient Egyptians knew anything about the science behind it and would not have built this, and they didn't do it deliberately. The pyramid took 20 years to build using 100,000 slaves. Scientists now plan to use this incredible discovery on a much smaller scale, which would create effective solar cells. The higher energy can be used to develop extremely sensitive solar cells or even tiny sensors. So ancient technology that you said in your book existed before this article even came out, that you went on your journey, and somewhere in the journey, your guide told you this exists. This is now coming to light in science journals, and you had in your book three years ago. There you go. Attention all Ground Zero radio fans. GroundZeroMerch.com is your one-stop shop for all things Ground Zero. Oh, wow. Show off your style with our exclusive collection of T-shirts and hoodies. They're not just comfortable, they're conversation starters. Need to keep hydrated during those long listen sessions. Get your hands on our durable water bottles. And now introducing our latest additions, a hand-picked selection of intriguing books that will keep your mind buzzing. GroundZeroMerch.com. Support Ground Zero and everything we do. There you go. Um, I just read it right out of the New York Post. Right there. I mean, I, what, do you, what do you have to say for you? I, I mean, that's I just, amazing. I, I just think it's confirmation about the information coming through, which is a collective information. Um, but also, I'd like to say that it's it, the article made me laugh a little bit because they had to throw in that this was a tomb, which it wasn't. And then they had to throw in that it was built... 2,000 years ago or whatever, and then uh, they have no idea. That's what I thought was kind of dumb. They had no idea that they were doing this. They, I mean, we found out, but they had no idea that they were that they were actually using electromagnetic energy to channel it and to, and have a nanoparticles exchange, which is the same thing that happens when you are deliberately doing what is known as 
you know, superposition. It, it's <laughs> so, you know, if they would just edit this article and just take those weird points out that they don't need to be there, this article is incredible. Well, see, I think what they want to do, and this is something that I had a theory about a long time ago, and that is, we look at ancient civilizations, and ancient civilizations are only depicted by what we see in some sort of a Cecil B. DeMille movie. Think about that for a moment. Mm-hmm. Everything is every everything is the Ten Commandments. Everything is, um, you know, um, Victor Mature. Everything is rock huts and getting somebody a, a bath. Uh, you know that kind of thing. It's it's the way we see them: Roman centurions, Egyptians, and Jews. That's all we look at with the ancient civilizations, and they're all wearing diapers, and they're all wearing sandals, and they're all wearing turbans. And there's nothing advanced in the group. And we look at these pyramids and we go, wow, these are pyramids. And they could have been constructed by what? Aliens. So we have that going on in our heads because we can't think that maybe these beings or these human beings would not be able to have any advancements in any kind of particle physics. But what's interesting is the Egyptians, the Mesopotamians, invented beer long before beer was even thought of. And they invented light bulbs. And they did brain surgery. So they did brain surgery, light bulbs, and they were able to drink things to make the brain pain go away. I think they were a pretty advanced civilization. Two, what is it, 2.2 million blocks that are two tons each. Right. All done by slaves with copper and stone tools. Right. In 20 years. Right. You know, if you go to Egypt, you can see the drill marks. You can see where the stone looks like it's just been melted. Right. You know, there's evidence right there in front of people, but they still don't talk about it. Right. And so it's beyond our it's it's beyond our comprehension that maybe the Egyptians had an idea of how to use a crane or they may have had advanced uh, weapon advanced tools, even advanced weapons. I mean, we've heard the stories about advanced weapons in the Vedas. We've heard about, you know, all of these things. And yet we see these civilizations you know, some of them have lasted, some of, some faction of the Egyptian civilizations have lasted, but some of them have died off. And, you know, we look in the Sumerian tablets and we look at the, the, the ancient writings, the Upanishads, we look at the, uh, Sanskrit writings, we look at all of that. And, uh, you know, everybody wants to reject it because, well, it doesn't necessarily work with the Bible, but it doesn't matter because what you see here is you see history is being depicted in different in different areas, maybe even different dimensions, as we proved with Paul and Daniel, and we proved with John, all of these dimensions were happening, prophecy after the fact, and they were manipulated as tools to interpret one another. And the idea that Paul had said, I knew a man that for 14 years had his foot in the third heaven, and I don't know if he was in the body or out of the body, that tells me exactly what that is. That is dimensional travel, that is uh, being able to go into a third dimension or a fourth dimension or a fifth dimension or whichever dimension you go into, and like it or not, it's there. It's in writing, and it's been talked about, and now science is just barely saying, hey, let's jump on the bandwagon and find out what this is all about. Let's get into panpsychism. Let's get into more quantum entanglements, and let's talk about the pyramids uh, putting out this energy that for the longest time had been ridiculed, saying, it's pseudoscience. It's not pseudoscience. I think they're finding out that a lot of this stuff is uh, actually real. And and like I said, in your book that you wrote three years ago, it was talked about in your book that this was something that was revealed to you during one of your um, journeys. And uh, it's amazing, I think. 
Uh, we're going to take a break right now, but we'll be back with your phone calls. And Jason quit with us tonight on Ground Zero. Once again, he's going to be up at East City Ranch, August 9th through the 12th, at the Soul Tech uh, Gathering of the Masters, pretty much. And he's going to be doing some wonderful speaking there and some presentations and stuff. Also, if you want to go see Jimmy Church, I mean, he's going to be there, too. Um, yeah, Jimmy Church is going to be there. Love you, Jimmy. We'll be back. 888-673-3700. Don't go away. FM News 101 KXL. More with Clyde Lewis and Ground Zero on FM News 101. Six seven three thirty seven hundred. That's triple eight six seven three thirty seven hundred tonight. Jason Quit is with us, and uh, such a great conversation we're having tonight. And with the callers, triple eight six seven three thirty seven hundred. That's triple eight six seven three thirty seven hundred. Let's go to Daniel in Washington. Hi, Daniel on Ground Zero. Hi, Clyde. Hi, Jason. How you guys doing tonight? Doing great. Hey, so I'll get to my point really quick. First of all, I wanted to share with you a dream that I had when I was actually a child. Okay. And it was a reoccurring dream. It was the first time I'd ever experienced that before, and it terrified me, and it continued to haunt me. Um, and eventually, it just went away. By the way, can you hear me okay? Yeah, go ahead. Um, so uh, it was a weird dream. My, my aunt and my uncle uh, used to live in Portland, Oregon, in a mobile home in a little trailer park and we used to go over there a lot and hang out uh with i would hang out with my cousins who were around my age and well, oftentimes we'd have sleepovers and uh i had this reoccurring dream that i was there and i would be walking down the hallway at night middle of the night no one with me and uh it was dark, all the lights were out, everybody was sleeping, and I was holding a flashlight, and I would go to the end of the hall, and there was a door at the very end of the hall, literally facing me, and I would open the door, and inside the room was an office, and there was a desk right in front of me, and underneath the desk, there was something, and um, I don't know why I would do this, but it was reoccurring, and I would do it every time, and it was almost as if... I couldn't control myself. I would turn on the flashlight and I would shine it from the left side of the room and I would just start panning it slowly around the room. And I knew that eventually I was going to beam some beast with this light and then it would react. And I know you're familiar with Star Wars. Yes. Uh-huh. <laughs> this is where it gets kind of funny. It's, it actually, it wasn't funny at all when it was happening. But uh, the beast that terrorizes Luke Skywalker uh, while he's, it actually takes him captive in the snow. Uh-huh, the Empire Wampa, the Wampa. Yeah. What call you. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but this one was like small. It was like a, it was like a dwarf. Enough, uh, small enough that it could hide under a desk, like where the chair would go. And I would pan around the room, and all of a sudden the light would hit this beast, and as soon as it hit the beast, it would lunge at me. And right before it about hit my face, I'd wake up, and I'd be completely terrified. And then afterward, 
I would go back to sleep and I'd have another reoccurring dream, uh, reoccurring over and over and over again, both of these, that I was late for my bus for school and that the bus was leaving. And then suddenly the bus that was leaving would actually morph and turn into my entire family leaving for Disneyland and leaving me behind, which is totally weird to me. Do you have, but, do you have a, do you have abandonment issues? Do I, uh, no, you don't. My parents are still together. They always have been. But did you ever, did you ever in your life find yourself in a situation where you were, you were left and you had no idea why you were left and you were constantly figuring it out and no one told you why you were either abandoned, ignored or jilted like in a relationship or anything like that? No, but what I can tell you, I, I've never been abandoned. I, I can tell you that I've never been abandoned. But do you have a fear of it? Oh, yeah. Okay, I have well a fear that's, of being left. I have a fear yeah. of being left behind. Yeah, see, I have that fear too. I have a fear of either being ignored, left behind, or told that I'm not wanted, and I don't find out why. And so I have a fear that people won't tell me why I'm not loved or I'm not wanted. You know, I, I have a fear that God doesn't that God's ashamed of me, and I have a fear that I'm going to be left behind when the rapture happens. Wow, see that's and that's, that's been a fear heavy. that's been with me since I was a little kid. That's and I had, heavy. I had demonic experiences. I mean, my dad's a pastor, mm -hmm. and um, and have, demons, have you, okay, angels. Have you found peace knowing that God won't leave you behind? I found peace in the Word and the knowledge of. Uh, of God and, okay. and the Bible. And so knowing the word, you know that God is not going to abandon you. I, I have to be reaffirmed constantly. It's a, it's a constant struggle. Well, you know how you reaffirm it? By reading the word. Reading the word. And what do you do once you read the word? You live it, right? Oh, yeah. Okay, so if you're living it and you're doing what you're supposed to be doing, what makes you think God's going to abandon you? You know... <clears throat> I, I don't believe that we're saved by what we do. I believe we sh we're saved by what we believe. But I also, uh, I, I, I don't, I, I regret a lot of my life. And so I struggle with that. Mm -hmm. um, I definitely have. And, and, you know, the thing is, is that I'm a dreamer, big time. Right. And, but your uh, guilt I is feeling your abandonment. Hey, you know what? I just had a dream. Uh -huh. And and uh, just this might be a little controversial, but uh, I pr promise you it won't take it too far. But I had a dream that uh, I was <laughs> being abandoned by a convoy of people who were trying to escape an invasion, Same. and they left a little boy behind. And the little boy I was trying to protect, and he was about to be murdered by another dude. That little a boy young, was you. That little and boy was you, Daniel. And this and this dude that was trying to murder him, I I gutted him like a pig. Right, and he right. Pleaded with okay. me, and he and he asked me questions about the afterlife as he was dying. Mm -hmm. And my mom sat down next to me and watched it happen. And then after I woke up, I kid you not, this actually just happened the quickly, other night. Quickly, quickly. I had to call my mom about this. The okay, night we're running out of time. The knife cut my finger, and when I woke up, I felt the cut on my finger for 20 Well, that little boy was you, Daniel. We'll FM News 101 KXL. More with Clyde Lewis and Ground Zero on FM News 101.
What time is it? Say kids, say, say kids. What time is it? Give a bit of a Jason quit with us tonight on Ground Zero. It's gonna Maya in Washington. Hi, Maya. Hi. Hey, go ahead. You're on Ground Zero. Uh, well, the reason why I called, uh, I was listening earlier when that young girl called in about the entity that was around her. Raven Man. Or sounds like pretty much her whole life. Mm-hmm. Something. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of sounds like. Whatever it is, it's in her dreams, and she dreams about it. And it's- no, it comes to her. It's not in her dreams at all. Okay. It's a physical entity that comes to her. It's been with her all her life. Huh. Why? Why? Why do you ask? Oh. Why do you ask about it? Well, I've I've had something around me for um, probably my whole life, but I noticed it when I was in my twenties, and. Um, my mom was working at this uh, old folks facility, and she was a, a med tech there. And this lady from Hawaii told her that her family was cursed, and that's all she said. And she didn't go into detail, and that just kind of freaked me out. And she told me that like a few years ago, and um, whatever that's been around me, I know it's it's not a good entity. It's a bad entity. Um, it actually can physically touch me and cause me harm. Mm-hmm. Like it burns me. It's like 
inappropriate touches my body and stuff like that. What does it look like, Maya? What does it look like? It looks like it looks like a shadow person, but it's not black. It's green. It's a green shadowy person. Yeah, I used to see shadow people when I was a kid, and then also into my um, teenagers and adult years. But I don't really see them as much. Um. But whatever this is, it's like a shadow person, but it's green. But I can see it during the day as well as at night. Hmm. And as the years go by, it gets worse. So I don't. So know. is it is it a is it formed or is it like more of a I guess you'd call it a miasma or a um sort of a smoky thing? What do you what do you what do you say to that? Um, it's it's kind of kind of a smoky thing, but it's like. It could be formed in the shape of a person, but it's like kind of like a like a puke, smoky neon green. I don't know if that makes any sense. <laughs> hmm. I've never I've never heard uh, of a of a green character really. I've never heard of that it, because it, it would uh, for me it would be uh, one of the things about um, uh, the color green. Chloros is the name of the pale horse. That's seen in the in the four horsemen, and Chloros is a representation yeah. of death, or the idea of green bleach, greenish bleach. So what you have is you have an entity, a greenish shadow entity. It would probably be if it can be seen in the daytime. It's a Chloros type of of entity, which uh, would be symbolic of death. So I would say it's more of a ghost than it would be a any kind of um, dark entity. So you're being followed by some sort of a ghost like cre- ghost like character. So what are you saying that it used to be a person or it never was or uh, that I don't know that would be something that would be something that you'd have to ask it. You'd have to ask it if it's a person or if it's if or if it's not something or if it's just some sort of a. Uh, like I say, a miasma, because there are uh, entities that are, uh, like I said, uh, greenish, or they're they're kind of a greenish fog miasma. They're called miasma, M I A S M A, and a miasma could be anything. Well, I've also been told, like I've gone to uh, mediums and stuff like that, and, and um, all they can tell me is that my mom did this to me. I don't know how that makes. And he said, look, she doesn't practice witchcraft um, or anything like that. So and they, someone told me it's souls. Well, here's the deal. Okay, if you go back, if you go back in ancient history, now we've talked about how, and uh, Jason and I have talked about how things affect us over time, right? And, and this could be handed out from generation to generation. Where, Where is your ancestry from? Uh, my ancestry uh, on my father's side is from um, Egypt, and um, my mom's, I'm not really sure, uh, other than well, uh, my grandmother's from Curacao. Mm-hmm. Okay, here's the deal. When the miasma, okay, it's M-I-A-S-M-A, okay, the miasma stories come from the times of the plagues. Okay. okay? And they were always associated with, you ready? 
cholera, chlamydia, and the Black Death. Okay. And they called them bad air spirits. And they were they were called night air spirits or bad air spirits, miasmas. So they also, it, do you smell anything when you see this entity? Yeah, I do, actually. It, it has a really bad smell. It kind of smells like rotten eggs. Okay. Sometimes it smells like feces, or sometimes it smells like rotten meat. What about, okay, what about, do you ever, okay, so you got rotten meat, feces, you got sulfur, whatever. Do you ever get the smell of cherry tobacco? Do you ever get the smell of, uh, huh? Chewing tobacco, you said? No. I'm sorry, pipe tobacco. Um, or alcohol, sometimes. sort of an alcohol pipe tobacco smell. Yeah. You ever get that? Sometimes. Okay. Uh, like a faint smell, but not yeah. not as much as the meat smell. Okay. Or the, uh, like a smell. Have you ever been? Have you ever been to a crypt at all in your life? Have you ever been to a crypt or a mausoleum? No, never. If you go into an indoor mausoleum or a mausoleum that that holds bodies, you will smell that smell. Oh, like an embalming fluid type smell? No, that's not the smell of embalming fluid. What you're smelling is it's called pink smell. Okay. And pink smell is the smell of rotting fat. Huh. And so what you have is you have a miasma entity. And if you smell anything like feces or if you smell anything like rotten meat or you smell cherry tobacco, uh, cherry tobacco smell or alcohol smell, sort of an alcohol, cherry tobacco, an unhealthy vapor, what you have is you yeah. have a miasma. You have a, a, a stench ghost or a stench spirit I, that's well, hovering. Well, it's like, it's something like this attached itself to you or... It's attached itself to you because somewhere in your family line you have had, um, you may want to go back in your genealogy, you've had somebody who has come down with something like cholera, chlamydia, or the Black Death, or the bubonic plague, or some very, very harsh or horribly, uh, horrible disease that's transmissible, it's transmittable. How do you get rid of something like this? Uh, well, it vexes you for a while. I don't know anything about miasmas, actually. I don't have any, any, uh, Miasmas are something that hover in a family. They they just they they come down from family to family, and I don't know how you'll get rid of it actually, because um, I've never dealt with them before. I've heard of them before because I, of course, I read about the paranormal. I know about the paranormal, but the idea of a stench ghost or the idea of a, a stench ghost is basically a vexing of a disease that's been carried down from family to generation to generation. Uh, Jason, do you have anything on it? Yes, um, I've actually um, I've I've seen something that looks like. Something out of a movie, like a a demonic figure standing in my kitchen. It was muscular. It had to be like nine feet tall or something. It had a horns and a hoof, and it was all black and it was shiny. And it was just for a second. Well, that's that's a, that could be a demon, could be anything. But um, back to your stench ghost. Um, what were you going to say, Jason? <clears throat> what I was going to suggest is that. Um, you would have to find someone who's capable of working through the ancestry. So someone like a shaman who could actually uh, go back through the timelines, mm -hmm. back through the ancestry to figure out where the root of this started in the family line mm -hmm. and do the work at that level 
and then it could actually uh, stop it from passing through the next generation family line. Yeah, it's warning you that there is a disease in your family or some sort of, I'd say, genetic disorder that needs to be uncovered, and you need to do it through genealogical work to try and figure out what's going on with you or what's going on with your family and what family member had this disease. And then maybe they would, if, if you could find a way to eliminate it, you'd probably eliminate the miasma or the stench ghost. Okay. Because it's not evil. What it is is it's basically it's a it's basically a a thing that uh, it's a uh, it's it's a strange phenomenon. It's very rare. It's a rare phenomenon. It's 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 rare, and I've never heard uh, a miasma story ever on my show. Ever in the history of my show, I knew of miasmas, hey, but I never heard of them. Around me. I don't know if it's been around me my whole life, but right. I've noticed it probably more than 10 years ago. It's attached to your family. It's attached to your family. Uh, I don't know. It's probably on your mother's side. So I'd look yeah. into your mother's side as to, you know, what diseases or what uh, genetic disorders there may be in your family. And then once you can find ways of correcting it or healing it, I think you'll, I think you'll lose your miasma. I think you won't see it anymore. And it's actually very, very important that you do this because to have this type of entity, to have this type of spirit with you, it means that if down the road there was a type of disease that you would come in contact with, you would actually be more receptive to receiving it and going down that line again. Right, and, and starting it all oh, over wow. again. Yeah. Well, I don't, also, whatever this is, like, it makes me fall asleep when I'm driving. Like, mm. yeah. Well, yeah, it's definitely a disease. It's like I said, it's a diseased spirit. Yeah, it's a diseased spirit. It's it's a miasma, and and that's all I can tell you is that go back and do your genealogy. Go back and do your work on the health of your family, especially on your mother's side, to find out just what is wrong and why that is hovering in your life. Because that's exactly what it is. It is a ghost that basically, or it's a it's a spirit vapor odor. Uh, it's basically uh, it comes in various sm- smells. I've heard people say it smells like uh, cherry tobacco or or uh, alcohol, uh, and you know, of course, we've heard things like what socks, sweat, rotting garbage, rotting garbage, that kind of thing, and it's because it's a it's a representation of disease, and it's very rare. I'd never heard anybody call with the miasma story, and this this is something that's bizarre. Triple eight six seven three thirty seven hundred. That's triple eight six seven three thirty seven hundred. We'll be back. FM News 101, KXL. More with Clyde Lewis on FM News 101. Jason Quint's going to be at East City Ranch this weekend, August 9th through the 12th. He's going to be there with Jimmy Church and the Fader Knots. I suggest you go. We're going to be there in September, so if you want to hang out with Ground Zero people, you can do that too. But, yeah, he's here in town for that, and we're very excited to have him here. We're going to go to more calls. And uh, let's uh, try and uh, get right to the point of these because we're right up against the clock, so we're going to go to the... I'm going to go to the calls right now. Let's go to Sherry in Washington. you got about a minute. Go ahead. Hi, Jason. I'd like to ask Jason a question. Sure. Okay. Um, I'm very uh, spiritual. I asked for plane and all of that and very connected with uh, the energy world and all that. Um, I have a grandson who was injured at birth, so he has quadriplegia. He's stuck in his body, but I know that. I raised him for the first eight years of his life, and we bonded at the soul level. We're also connected at the DNA cellular level. Um, I'm, I know that now he's went back to his mother, um, and we've been separated unexpectedly. But I feel that our connection is so strong that um, I sometimes I will wake myself up in the middle in the morning um, from a deep sleep. 
as I'm breathing, I hear him saying, Graham, and it's actually me breathing in and out, and it wakes me up, and I'm like, oh, my God, he's trying to get a hold of me. My question to you would be, um, if he's ready to leave this plane because his his body is not going to hook up with him, um, is do you think that love, a loved one that is blood-related, can be restrained from leaving uh, when they want to if someone loves them so much that they don't want them to go? I, th- I definitely words, think... Can, yes, can they linger longer if someone doesn't want to let go of them? Uh, absolutely. Absolutely, because your love is giving them your life force. So mm-hmm. you, you can actually keep a person alive by loving them. But again, you're giving... But again, you're giving your life force to it, and we have to look at the soul's plan first because um, it's, I don't want to say um, selfish, but it could be that, you know, you want to uh, hold them in the space for a longer period of time that they signed up for to begin with. I, I'm feeling that, and I'm feeling it's kind of draining my energy more than it should be. Well, here's the thing you also want to worry about is if it's draining your energy, that soul could take it, take you with it. That's right. I know. And so, I, that, I, you know, that that's the thing is I worry that if he leaves, you'll leave with him. And so that being said, I went to a friend yesterday who is a hypnotherapist because of my concern, because he's going under a very uh, long six and a half hour operation tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Um, that I know, I don't believe he's going to be with us after that because uh, it's a major hip surgery, but they're going to put him under so much anesthesia, and he's so sensitive. I mean, I could okay. get two drops of Ativan. Be with him. Be with him. Be with him. And if he does release and leave, be his guide for him. Yes, he is, he is strongly connected to you. I he's connected that. to you, and he'd feel more comfortable if you were there with him. I have something really quick if I could share this. You're there out of time. A child that came to my job today that said this. The first scripture I read in the morning was the verse of the day. It's talking about, in my father's house are many mansions. If it yes. was so, I would not. Right. Okay, it says, I go to prepare a place for you. Well, I'm at work, and there's this little boy that's looking at someone right next to me that said... Would you like a mansion? You we're should like mansions. Well, we're out of time. We're out of time. I'm sorry. I, I'm sorry. Thank you, Jason. Thank you for being on this program. FM News 101 KXL. Attention all Ground Zero radio fans. GroundZeroMerch.com is your one-stop shop for all things Ground Zero. Oh, wow. Show off your style with our exclusive collection of T-shirts and hoodies. They're not just comfortable, they're conversation starters. Need to keep hydrated during those long listen sessions. Get your hands on our durable water bottles. And now introducing our latest editions, a hand-picked selection of intriguing books that will keep your mind buzzing. GroundZeroMerch.com. Support Ground Zero and everything we do.